This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Gotham City, like any other large metropolis, abounds in girls of all shapes and sizes. Debutantes, nurses, stenographers, and librarians. Gotham City Library, Miss Gordon speaker. Lopez hair removal, this is Jose. Holy transformation. One minute, plain Barbara Gordon, librarian and Commissioner Gordon's daughter. And the next minute, something new has been added. Batgirl, modeled after her idol, Batman. Holy apparition! No, boy, wonder I'm Batgirl. You are no longer alone, Cape Crusader. It took me three years to track down the Jade Gatto, and three more to figure out how to steal it. Funny, it only took me ten minutes to figure out how to snatch it back. No matter how you do it, crime doesn't pay girls. whose theme song is that it's barrett's but we're not here to talk about final fantasy 7 but i will talk about it so salwete mihinomen estella et hoc est Backroll the Oracle, the Barbara Gordon Podcast, episode 202, the shipper special number 10 for February MMXXI. I love shippers. Let me tell you about shippers. Get over your own shipping bullshit. Let, let me tell you about shippers. <laughs> get over get get over your own shipping bullshit. Shipper. I love shippers. 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 Let me tell you about shippers. Be not talking about that. Ship, ship, shippers. I love shippers. Dick and Babs. Dick, Dick, Dick and Babs. Batman and Cat, Catwoman. There we go for the shippers. Batman's marinary to the Joker. To the Joker. There better not be Damien, Seth, 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 any shippers. I'll kill them. Dick and Babs. Backroll the Oracle is brought to you by... 
drama, lust, snark, comedy, heartbreak, creativity, poetry, illicit affairs, rage, revenge, testosterone poisoning, gunshots, sculpture, feminine hygiene products, naked car crashes. You know what we haven't had in a long time? And liver. Terry Moore's Strangers in Paradise, the audio adaptation, coming to your ear holes in late 2020 on the Two True Freaks Podcast Network. Liver is my life. Backworld the Oracle is also brought to you by MileHighComics.com, your new and collectible comic book store. Mile High Comics has an inventory of over 5 million comics from the gold, silver, bronze, and modern age, and over 100,000 trade paperbacks. If you're not into the vintage stock, Mile High Comics also has a subscription service called the New Issue Comics Express, offering a discounted price for comics right at the shelves. So if you're looking for vintage back issues or a great modern subscription service, be sure to check out MileHighComics.com. Well, friends, this almost didn't happen because this guy, my guest, put me through the emotional ringer. He's all about the quid pro quo, like our our former president. And he said, I played Last of Us. You need to play Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I became emotionally invested. And he didn't really prepare me for the things that were about to happen. So I've been yelling at him all week. That is not an exaggeration. I have sent him some angry voicemails when he's at work. But we are here. For, <laughs> we're here for the 10th shipper. I think he's been on all of them but nine. But the eighth one, I guess, when I had Chuck Dixon and, and, and betrayed you. So it is my, we'll call him for today, my beloved Donovan Morgan Grant. Hello. <laughs> I, I was. I, I just. I started to think there was the Green Lantern Hawker one. There was the Robotech one, which is still my favorite. There was uh, last year's Maid Sama. There was the BTS uh, episode one. There was the Spider Man one. There was the Oron one. There was yeah. the uh, the Matt Love one. This is the eighth one that we did that we're doing. It should be oh, the ninth that we've been together. The ninth one that we've done. So this we're is the tenth one. one in yeah. Gosh. Yep. So is there okay. one that we're missing? There might be listeners writing. Oh, didn't we? We did. Uh, didn't we do queer couples? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. <clears throat> so uh, that would yes. have been the the other one that we did. Yeah, that's that's right. That was good. Yeah, that was good absolutely. One. Well, welcome back. It's good that it's the tenth. I didn't really even think about the significance of it being number ten, but it's good that you're back for number ten. And Thank we you. actually went back and forth on what to do here, and I'm going to talk about this whole thing because that was another poor guy. I feel bad for what I did to Donovan because I just kept oh, reiterating. I really did like reiterating, okay, and clarifying, okay, this is what I mean by this. But at first we thought, and you're going to have to. Ex- I'm, I'm going to try to edit as much as possible. But I went on a run, and when I go on a run in cold weather, I usually like cough and clear my throat a lot but i try not to on this show but at first we thought oh video gaming couples you know that'd be interesting i had seven yeah i had yet to play final fantasy seven but now that i have it's like fuel for if we do this next year and then the other one is you said what about dc comics couples and so i thought okay we can do that and then i just thought it was so broad so i kept narrowing it down Mm -hmm. and we've come to the subtitle i have is dc comics influential romances And of course, I post that on Twitter and people start coming at me, you know, the ones that they feel. I think I saw Supergirl and Brainiac 
what is it, five, Brainiac five? Yes. And I saw Ralph and Sue Dibney, and I'm like, okay, well, there's a twist. So I kept going back to Don, and I was like, this is what I mean, influential on us. How did it influence our personal journeys, our reading journeys? You know, did it change us, if anything? And I also wanted us to, I wanted it to be an interesting list. I didn't want it to be chock full of Catwoman and Batman or Superman and Lois and all of that stuff, which they're great couples, but I feel like there's another place for them. So I think that's as far as I'm going to explain it. I feel like Don and I still might interpret influential differently. And so that's why we're going to give space once we name the couple and when we discovered it, why it's influential on us or how we interpret that. But I think it'll be, I mean, for me personally, this was a difficult list to come up with. I think it's going to surprise and shock people. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, <laughs> Nightwing and Tarantula might be my number one. Are you still saying that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've said it so many times to him. Prerequisites, though, we decided it was romantic. Donovan, he came down, he said, hey, it's Valentine's Day. Let's just do romantic. So not platonic or familial, because I think there's another list to be had there. Romance, not necessarily an official couple. Yes, yes. That's I, I have one that's, that's, that's not official. Yeah. And then cannot be without basis. So it cannot be, even though I think we like our fan ships from time to time, there has to be some evidence that these two may have gotten together somehow. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're sticking to the comics because I think that's another thing I tried. Because a lot of the couples I was thinking of with DC, I thought I've been really influenced by the, the other media, like TV, cartoons. And so I think that's just another list. So comics, influences on that. That might be different. Or did you do other stuff or did you stick to comics? I... I edged towards other media for a little bit, but ultimately my list is just comics. Okay. I think that's fine. So like I said, I think Don and I, to a certain extent, might interpret this differently, but I think that's why this might be a really interesting show because I I don't know what Don's going to say. I don't think Don's going to know what I'm going to say. I think some of these might honestly shock him, and I did not go in for shock value. But I will say that... Remember, I was trying to, I am the queen of counter opinions or, you know, anti opinions of some people. I, I love Batman and Robin. So I fully expect some people to be displeased with my choices or why I've chosen them. I'm fully ready for this. But uh, John, do you have anything to say? (laughs) I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it for shock. I'm just like this. I love this couple. I love it for this reason. And I got it from this and. There might be people like, you're sick. You're sick. So we'll see. Do you I need have to know any... that. Huh? I, I, I have to. No, I, I really want to find out what these couples, these controversial, like, still yeah. likes that? Cancel. I need to I know what that is. <laughs> there might be one. I think the reason, but not the couple, I, I'm, like, ready for. Do you have anything before we get into this of, like, what you would like to say or how you interpreted it or, or going into this. How, how did you feel? Was it difficult for you to come up with these, especially since I was super annoying and, like, Donovan? I just want to be sure we're on the same page here. Well, I'm glad you did, honestly, because I, I, you said right off the bat that you didn't want it to be, like, your straight, like, you know, Superman and Lois, like, Green Arrow, like, and Arrow ones. Like, the ones that are, like, more iconic rather than, yeah. like, in, I don't want to say interesting, but, like, you know, more iconic, more, that's, like, what you say first and foremost about them. And I was like, cool. Uh, but I did kind of like initially go into the list just like, oh, my, my favorite couples. And then when you kind of say, let's just do more influential ones. I, it was never like difficult, but it was tricky. Like I, I couldn't just like absentmindedly approach that idea. I was like, okay, let me think about when I was reading. So a lot of this is really kind of like um, 
my chronological towards my own reading. And I know, I know there's one on this list that like, I don't think I've ever talked about on podcasts, but it shouldn't be like, you know, like, what? it just be like, you know, oh, okay, interesting. Um, it's also quite toxic. <gasps> but, um, <laughs> but I also kind of went with ones that are not only were influential because, you know, when you're a young boy, when you're a young, like, cishet boy, you don't like romance. Like, my least favorite parts of Batman Forever were the ones with the cold, the parts with the cold kitten when I was younger. So, like, I had to think about, you know, like, which were, which were the, and I'll get into this later, which were the romances that, like, I was uh, not only not turned off by, but actively was in, engaged in reading about as I got older. And so I think that that influences my list the most for me personally. But boy, no, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really excited for your list now. It's like, ooh, people aren't going to like it. I was like, oh, I'll probably like it. I think, yeah, I think they'll see. I, I agree with you. I think that that word is huge engaged, you know, how engaged was I with this and did it really strike me in some way that I wanted to continue on reading about them or search out other uh, material that I could find them in and look up their history. So I would agree with you on that assessment too. Okay. Now I had no honorable mentions. I remember you said you had five and I thought you better whittle that down. Did you want to do honorable mentions now or or wait until you get close to your number one so that I I still go first? I I do have five honorable mentions, but I will wait. (laughs) (laughs) I had five honorable mentions. I was struggling, struggle, struggle. And here this guy is just an easy time of it. Okay. Well, I'm going first (laughs) this year. And it is because Donovan went first last year. So let's do my first share screen. So I'll describe them, of course, for listeners. Oh, wow, Don's, he's shielding his eyeballs. Yes. Okay, my number five is, you can look now, it is Bruce Wayne and Julie Madison. No. (laughs) (laughs) Now, specifically during Scott Snyder's Batman run. Mm -hmm. So I discovered this in 2015. And this was one of the reasons, Julie Madison, as well as focusing on Bruce Wayne rather than Bruce Wayne as Batman, was one of the reasons that I fell in love with Super Heavy. I think Super Heavy is actually my favorite Snyder arc, which I know goes against the grain. Some people don't like it. Other people love other arcs. But this one was actually my favorite for me because for me, it revitalized the Bruce Wayne character. I really started to care about him as Bruce Wayne rather than Batman made me root for him and honestly it showed that me as well as other people that he could be happy without batman and he could you know have a loved one here and yes i do love batman and catwoman but this was just like something really new and i don't have the history that josh does with because i know he knows all about this particular uh, character (laughs) but man i just loved it so much i I loved all the scenes with them i I felt like it was really tender got to see a different side of him and just made me one of the reasons why it made me really disappointed when he went back to being Batman. So this image is from 46, Batman 46. And then I had a steamy scene that I found. Yes. So I can pull that one. Of course. <laughs> you look at me, right? As the, uh, not a Nicola Scott steamy scene, but close. It's actually because I, I actually uh, didn't read most of Super Heavy. Or if I did, I don't remember much of it. 
Here's this in the shower here, <gasps> talking about marriage. And uh, yeah, so just having, you know, fun conversations. I think he's brought back, there are a couple scenes in other, uh, maybe it was like 44, 45, just getting like a childish Bruce as well. So it's almost like what would Bruce Wayne be like without that Batman past with him? Because um, I feel like that, to a certain extent, shatters him, brings him, damages him, I guess. And this was, I don't know, it's just a really nice relationship for Bruce that did not seem toxic, was not uh, found, found, it was not predicated, how about that? It was not predicated on any sort of tragedy. The other person seemed pretty morally upright. She's helping people. They can relate to each other on several different levels. So this is just one of the reasons. I just really loved it. And like I said, I think the, the main reason why it was so influential for me is that it really revitalized, I think, the character and also gave me a, a new appreciation of him and also wished for more for him. Because sometimes where I am in, in the 2000s, it's hard because I keep calling him bat jerk because I feel like he deserves it. And yes. it's just like, man, is there any out for this guy that will he ever find a happy ending? And then I saw it right here. So that's why it's my number five. So it's not, you know, my favorite, but it was certainly one that I really enjoyed. That's cool. Um, and it's interesting because like a lot of times, like, uh, is this the, can I, can, can I ask and can you answer if this is the only time that bat Bruce Wayne appears in this list? It is. Okay. So like, you know, like most heroes, he had love interest throughout most of his history. And then, like, by the time he gets to Dark Knight Returns, the idea that Batman didn't require love interest kind of became accepted. So he, around the time of Backjerk, with that grin right now, no, there was no love interest. I mean, there was characters that there would be the potential for romance, like Sasha Bordeaux or whatever, but there wasn't really any relationships, like Vesper Fairchild and stuff. So, like, something like this is pretty foreign to, like, our generation's Batman fandom. And... I know Scott, I, I really like Scott Snyder. Like, you know, whether I like, like, like all of his stories or not, like I always like him as a person. But also I think that like he always has a good spirit when it comes to these characters. Like he understands that Bruce Wayne did create some relationship pretty well. And like I said, I, I, I this is after I, I, I uh, abandoned everybody in Batman Universe. Uh, so I didn't read a lot of super heavy, but like for what I, honestly, for what I read about it, I liked it fair enough, but I, I didn't recall too much of this. Like, I don't know how they met and such. But, like, this was a different version of Julie Madison. But I did like the idea that, like, one of his original uh, love interests, because she's the first one. She's, like, one of those Bill Finger Bob Kane characters who appeared, mm-hmm. like, within the first, like, within the first five issues of Batman's appearances in Detective Comics. So I like the fact that one of his best shown relationships is um, with a notable character. One yeah. that, like, uh, has a long history with him going back to the 30s. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And I just thought she was really cool, like a cool design. I mean, she's really pretty, and but she has kind of a Art Nouveau edge to her with the, the <laughs> tattoos, tattoos that she has. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just feel like, oh, man. Yeah. It was just a lot of fun and, and super heavy. Turned out to be my, yeah, my favorite run there. And then I made a mistake. So the shower scene's from 46, and then that nice scene in the office was from 43. But yeah, so Bruce Wayne and Joey Madison is my number five. Excellent, excellent. Very, very cool. Okay, so, so you, when you said influential, like, so this kind of influenced your, your idea for Batman's, like, potential as a character. Yeah. Rather than some, somebody that, like, Barbara Gordon just yell about a lot of his money in the Jack Cave. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like, you know, for me, and, and you get on me a little bit of, of how hard I am on Batman. <laughs> I just feel, oh, man, it's almost like Batman will always be Batman. There's no hope for him in the end. And this was almost like, oh, man, we're, we're 
look at the hope that we have. And, and I think it showed that someone like Batman, and there's another one on my list as well, that heroes can in fact be coupled. It does, there doesn't have to be unnecessary drama, doesn't have to be damaged or again, predicated on some sort of tragedy that it's all possible. So that I think also gave me hope because comics, I just feel like you're either going to break them up or something tragic is going to happen to the other half. Like they can't always be together. You know, Batman and Catwoman did not get married. That's Sort of thing so it just gave me hope and, and i thought it was really nice excellent 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 will mine be as iconic because I, I would say that like maybe if bruce and julie madison aren't iconic they're definitely notable so yeah. will mine compare i'll let you decide who's <laughs> you me or the listeners the person i'm looking at which are the listeners now my number five as you bring it up I'll let you bring up the image first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll declare it. Oh, oh I smell a betrayal. <laughs> I oh, you smell do? a betrayal. <laughs> My number five is Dick Grayson and Bridget Clancy. What do you mean betrayal? Oh, okay. Cause, cause, so Dick's like a one-woman girl. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, before before Stella rants, you know, as I was young, my first introduction with, with Dick Grayson was was two things. It was Batman the Animated Series and the 60s Batman show. So when he was Nightwing, I knew he was, I learned he was Nightwing in the comics. I was like, okay, that's interesting. So when the Nightwing title started in 1997, and my brother and I were reading it, we were introduced to Dick Grayson's landlord in his apartment in Bloodhaven, Bridget Clancy. And they do this kind of thing where there's a meet cute where like, she's like, she was born in Hong Kong, but like she was adopted by an Irish family. So she speaks with an Irish brug. So they kind of mix each other a few times. It's very, it's very Mary Jane in the beginning where he doesn't know what she looks like. So he doesn't know that she looks the way she does. And you get to know each other and there's definitely a mutual attraction, but Dick always has to run off and be Nightwing. And it was interesting because this was a, this is a Nightwing that's very much, he's away from the Titans. He's away from Gotham city. Um, he's away from Batman and Robin. He's very much establishing himself as his own guy. And he has a completely normal, healthy woman. Who's not some alien who may or may not be on the spectrum or whatever his thing might be with, with Barbara Gordon. Maybe more than that later, maybe not. It, it was it was a relationship that seemed perfectly healthy that unfortunately never materialized to the fullest extent. Like mm-hmm. they tried to go on a few dates. They do go on a few dates. What would happen sometimes is that like they would go on a date, they would really like each other. And then immediately after he like drops her off, like Barbara Gor- Oracle calls him. And I'm like, okay, I see what you did there, Dixon. <laughs> and it got to the point where like he talked her into going to middle school, medical school while he was going to the police academy. And they were both advancing in their own personal lives and they felt accomplished together. And so they share a kiss and she wants, I know she wants to like get with him in, in his apartment. And then like he sees an image of him and Barbara. At the beach, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's in the second image. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. And by the time he is genuinely like actually getting closer to Barbara again, he's like, hey, uh, I got this thing going on with somebody else. So this might not be the best time. And so she goes and she cries and that's kind of it. Now I, again, the Dick and Baz relationship was kind of already kind of set in, in an, as an idea in my head. But like this, this to me felt like I saw this kind of thing start to start up, and I was not expecting this to end up in tears. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about I, I don't know what I was expecting, but like I was like, oh well, she's his love interest in the book, and like it was kind of just like shut down. And it was shut down in in some ways because of his nightmare identity, right? Like he knows Barbara through his costume identity, so it's like they would seemingly be perfect with each other if he wasn't Nightwing. And seeing that for Dick Grayson as a character, that kind of really helped me. Again, I'm young, right? So I'm not somebody with a fully graduated education of the character that kind of really informed me on on sort of like the problems in his life and it's not just mm-hmm. his relationship with batman or his villains or whatever it's like who what kind of person does he want to be and what kind of person 
what kind of baggage does that, does that person bring with that kind of life? So I don't know. I, 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 uh, she was one of the few people to or not be in Bloodhaven when it blew up, which was good. But she's not appeared in like, you know, 10, 15 years. But like, I've always, I've always had a soft spot for uh, this relationship. Yeah. So you have kind of let it or the way you were speaking that you don't think this would ever work out just because of his nightlife. Uh, if, if Barbara Gordon weren't in the picture, do you think it is at all possible that these two could have had a pretty decent relationship or would it have had to lead to him revealing who he is? All Spider-Man. Right. If I think it was always going to fail because of like the Dick and Babs thing. If it was, if, if Oracle didn't exist and it was just Nightwing, I think it would have eventually not worked out. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, like she was, she was intelligent. She wasn't like somebody who hated Nightwing or anything like that. So like, uh, uh, but I, I feel that like Dick kind of had. I mean, without saying so, he kind of had that like great responsibility kind of thing where he refused to let his personal life and his private life go. Like he was never somebody to just like just like casually tell somebody he was Nightwing. Mm-hmm. So and because that always lead back to a Batman. I I never got, when I look back on it, it seems doomed to fail. But um, I don't know. I still have fond memories of it. She, she, she's a good character. Yeah, I think. I, a lot of the reason why I didn't latch on, latch on to the couple is because Barbara, Bab, Dick and Babs, you know, are always there. So it would always be overshadowed. So I think I didn't really give her the benefit of the doubt. However, I did like the character and I like how they did it almost in a Spider-Man fashion of you didn't know who this person was, yeah. <laughs> you know, gender, whoever, the, you know, kind of like hiding Mary Jane with the flowers or things like that. And then having, you know, cute moments with them. So I certainly, I enjoyed seeing them together, but always knew, you know, on the, in the end that it was going to be Babs, but this was actually a heartbreaking scene. I mean, the fact that clearly she has pretty strong feelings for him and it, well, it's just not going to work out. Yeah. She was going to originally, uh, I, well, a week ago when I thought we were recording this, uh, she was actually, I, she was going to be an honorable mention, but like when you said influential, I was like, I, actually, she's much stronger in my memory in that context than, than before. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Tragic, isn't it? It is sad. It's And it gets sadder from here. Oh, no. Well, same <laughs> for me, actually. Okay. So now on to my number four. This is one of the, well, this is one where people might be upset Yes. at my choice of why. <laughs> I mean, maybe not, but okay. So my number four is, in fact, one of the ones that people, people's on the Twitters wanted. It's Ralph and Sue Dibney. Oh, snap. So I think that I'm fine with that. People aren't going to cancel me. The reason why is identity crisis and that's why, <laughs> that's why people will cancel me they're like are right, you've got to be kidding me but yeah i discovered them in 2005 with identity crisis and mm. i know that people do not like that i think maybe they hate it but it's actually one of my favorite dc stories period and i actually reread remember you gave me the um the Absolute Edition, Donovan, for maybe my birthday several years ago. I actually reread that on Saturday, actually, to prepare for this. And, and it's nice. just like, oh, man, this is so good. But really, I fell in love. And this is all in issue one, because obviously we know that Sue meets her demise at the end of issue one. But just looking back at their history, I fell in love with this this couple, how the relationship is presented, getting to know them. And then afterwards, really seeing the devotion that Ralph and even others had towards Sue throughout the rest of the story was just really huge. And then one of the first 
ongoing series that I ever started reading because 2005 was like a big comic year for me where I really got into actually reading comics consistently. I started reading 52, the weekly series. And Mm. uh, Ralph is a huge part of that and, and trying to resurrect his wife. And then at the end, they actually have a nice little happy ending where they're both together kind of in the afterlife or like as ghosts and they can uh, do a dead man thing. But just, oh, it's so sweet. You know, this, how they, this panel right here where he and uh, Barry show up and he would think that she would have eyes only for Barry, but she actually just has eyes for him. And then my other one, it's also her dead. issue one. It's not, it's not her burnt body, is it? Oh, good heaven. No, I mean, <laughs> I may have issues, but I'm not that bad. That'd be terrible. <laughs> this one yeah i know seriously uh you know with the league around like she was able to i think she was made an honorary member and just being around and and just the devotion that they have and every year she has this mystery for his birthday and she tries to trip him up and i mean obviously everything is super tragic but just how loving this relationship is presented i i really i enjoyed it yeah and i latched on i think one of the reasons why i latched on to that story is like i felt i was engaged there's that word again and really wanting to know who is this terrible person that destroyed this loving relationship and then continuing with ralph's story when i was reading 52 which was again one of my first ongoing and they they get him happy ending to a certain extent but yeah i think it's influential period i would agree with the person who said that on twitter but for me the this is the reason why it's it's big for me and my my reading history i i'm right there with you i love identity crisis i (gasps) finally (laughs) i can't find you i can't find people like you oh yeah i'm not before like i do get why people don't like it but when people are like, ah, identity crisis, that obviously sucks. There's no reason why anybody would like it. That's not true. Yeah. Because quite frankly, like, we have our kind of, like, hot spots with the Batman there and all kind of stuff. But, like, you know, we admire the DC universe. And kind of seeing the DC, I love this whole DC universe story where, A, I love just how personable everyone was with each other. Like, they very rarely talk to each other with their code names. It's all their kind of their, their given name. I liked understanding the, dy- the dynamics of the various teams. It's like, you know... The JLA, tell you, uh, the Justice Society teaches you how to be uh, heroes, and the Teen Titans teach you how to be a family, but the JLA teaches you how to fight. I like the different colored uh, caption boxes, the thought processes. I thought everyone was, like, really in character, and I thought the artwork was awesome. And I understand there's a lot of very uh, strong political elements, uh, both in the treatment of women and just, you know, in comic book, just writing in general, that absolutely hold it back. Uh, I am not afraid of that conversation, nor do I even disagree with it that much. But I think that, that I agree with you. I wasn't. I didn't know that like there was this big uh, elongated man, Ralph and Sue Dibney, like marriage story in the DC history. Like I remember there was like a, a JLI miniseries that came out a couple years before this. I remember there was it was another Kevin McGuire cover, and I do remember seeing Ralph and Sue Dibney there. But I just that didn't register any history with me. So seeing this here, I was like, oh okay. And this and we like learning stuff like this. No, I, th- I think this is a strong choice. And like, it's like you know, I don't think you need to read like Silver Age Flash comics to appreciate them when you're reading Identity Crisis number one, even though it is ultimately quite tragic. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And I think reading this, the, you know, each time I read it, I, I feel like I get something new out of it. And as I grow older and I think my ideas are, are better formed and, and my life experience also, I get, I think about things a little bit more. And this time I was 
considering a lot the the mind wiping and all that that went down and then the Batman situation just all of that moral cool. implication you know what does this mean and the people on the outside like Kyle and Wally really uh judging them for it and and yeah so it's it's an interesting ride and it's yeah the rape scene I think is I was gonna ask you about that it's it's hard. It's hard to walk. You're like, oh man, did you need to do this? And then what's even worse than if it, there could be the rape scene is when Dr. Light uses his light powers to like replay it in front of the heroes. Like for me, that's almost the worst panel I think there. And that's hard. I, I wonder if there, was there any other way? Could you have just maybe beat, uh, this sounds bad, but like just beat her up and, and that be, you know, the thing, but. I was going to ask you, because we talked about this with uh, the killing joke. Like should, if you had a chance, if you had some like sort of superpowers, would you go back and, and have that? Not, I mean, like, do you think that like that should have happened? Or do you think Oof. that like, it was, it, it's, it's a fictional story. It's, it's merited. Oh, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to the killing joke, isn't it? Cause it certainly rouses the men and the women. Cause uh, Zatanna and, and Black Canary were there. I feel like there could have been something else that was less traumatic still done because it was, the whole point was it was done to Sue and everyone loved Sue. So of course it brought them together. So I feel like there, there had to be something lower tier on the violence slash trauma that they could have done with that. I mean, I, I feel that like you, you, you were kind of talking about this uh, when you, in one of your many angry voicemails, regarding the Prophet 7, but, like, the threat of sexual violence against women. Mm. As oh, yeah, Don Corneo. Oof, oof. Well, we need to talk about that, but not on this show. Well, uh, what I will say is that, like, I will throw myself up to as much full-throated criticism as is warranted about what I'm going to say. As a guy, mm-hmm. I don't find that... I don't, I don't find that ineligible as in regards to storytelling. In terms of, like, people... Like, bad guys threatening women in that way, I don't think... I don't find it to be that happens, and I don't blink at that. Yeah. I do understand actually depicting or, or, or doing that. That that's that's a, a step too far. But I don't I don't personally, as my gender, understand or recognize. You know the distance between the threat of sexual violence and the act of sexual violence in regards to like you know are they exactly the same mm-hmm. in order to be done, or are they or is one one good or the other? So like to me, if Doctor Light showed up and he was absolutely intending on doing that but like when flash shows up and that that's happening and then like he does a light fight thing without sue actually having gone through that yeah would that play would people be as upset and i don't know i mean i mean it really is i think it really is a, a question that i've not had an answer to that he, so, if he if he made it before i yeah i don't know like she was in a in the stage of undress or some or he was in the stage of undressing her yeah i mean i feel like the impact like would have still been there yeah. yeah, or it w- I, I wonder how the story would have changed had because she was rushed off to the hospital right away. Ralph takes her off, and so he doesn't even do the vote. But I wonder, like, what if she had been a part of that vote? How powerful Ooh, that would have been to give her because she has no agency in this. I mean, she's taken off like she is. It's it's a woman in refrigerator, really, even though she's alive. But if she had been there, and like, it's up to you, Sue. Do you want you know this guy is out of control now? Oh, how do you feel about that? And be the deciding factor because wasn't Barry? Barry was the it, yeah because he was, he was a widower. And, and how yeah. how and what what did uh, Zatanna and Dinah say to her? How 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 did they talk yeah. about the aftermath of that? Yeah. What would the um would this have been before Longbow Hunter? I mean, chronologically, yeah, because like this takes place like I think originally the comics would have been like around the sixties, I think. Okay. 
So that would well, have been maybe, interesting. Maybe, maybe the 70s. Because like Iris, is, they mentioned that Iris had died. So maybe the 70s. Yeah. So anyone, I mean, of everyone, Black Canary would have been the most compassionate and empathetic because she had been there. But there was no scene between those two, which is interesting because she could have certainly talked to Sue. I wonder what that's that a, that's like. a lost, uh, that's a missed potential. Or there are, yeah. And what's also interesting, I mean, now we're going to be talking about identity crisis, but what's also interesting is how divided that vote is for Dr. Light, but then it was unanimous for Batman. <laughs> I think yeah. like, wouldn't you be even more like, that's a team member. Shouldn't that be even more divided than Dr. Light? I would have switched that. Like, seriously, I have problems with, you know, mind wiping Batman. That's a no go. But well, it's funny. Cause like, cause I like, I love the scene when they freeze Batman and you have green lantern, green <laughs> arrow and black canary who, you know, they were in the O'Neill Adams run. Right. So like they are, they are together, and the, and all of them are like completely appalled. And and Oliver hauls off and punches Carter in the face. Like, yep. but they're still like, "Who are we fooling? Yeah. <laughs> we gotta do it." Like, 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 I've never, I've never even personally reconciled with that decision because I just think it's good storytelling. I, I've never, I've never really said like it's never made me think that like you guys are bad for doing this. I, I just never like stopped and thought about that. Yeah, I just, I just kind of took it, took it as read. But uh, yeah, no, no, I mean, I mean, I. I get, I get it. I get it. Like I, uh, when we were at Dragon Con, myself, Bertoni, John Wilson had joined Michael Bailey. He was on a pod, uh, a panel talking about this story. And I said, you know, I reread it uh, in anticipation for it. And I, I always really like it. But when I got to that scene with, with Dr. Light and Sue uh, in 2019, I was kind of like, you know what? I, I'm having a harder time reading this, this part than I did when I was a teenager. It does warrant a lot of the criticism, at least in terms of people's emotions that it, it garnered. That being said, I, I, this is one of, I'm right with you. This is absolutely one of my top, my top three favorite DC stories of all yeah. time. There's so many amazing scenes in it, you know, if you were to erase that one. But yeah, Robin I always love the fight scene with Deathstroke. I'm like, that dude, because just yeah. how easily he's able to take everybody out. Um, you know, it's interesting now just with, there seems to be almost rape media or rape literature or I guess like rape revenge you know we were we were very in passing talking about a promising young woman I'm thinking of girl with the dragon tattoo so it's 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 interesting just how I don't know rape can almost become weaponized in turning the person who has been raped into like a vengeful protagonist and so I wonder what that what sort of implications that might have on on people, viewers, the future. I don't know. What you throw a dragon tattoo? I, I remember it being completely. I didn't. When I saw the movie very recently, I did not see it coming. <laughs> my dad was in the room who had already seen it, so I was, I was, I was squirming. Yeah, um, I and, remember uh, you texted me. You're like, "Have you ever seen this?" And I said, "Yes, I actually enjoyed that series, <laughs> but it's rough." Yeah, it's, it's rough. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. And like um, Harrison, our uh, <gasps> Harold, mutual, Harold, our mutual beloved. Uh, yeah. He has a line in one of his latest videos kind of regarding like, you know, a no means yes kind of like scene in an mm. old movie where he says, if he's, he said is, uh, if I'm going to watch a rape scene, I'm going to think what's the point. And I think that's, the, that's oh, should be the, the, the leading guide regarding that kind of storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, not to plug my own show, but I will. But on you do it all the time, anyways. And I plug your show by making fun of it. But Tom and I just did Catcher in the Rye. Should come out this month, February. And one of the you know people don't like people either like or don't like Holden Caulfield. But one of the great things about him that I I brought up to Tom is that he is really sensitive to what the girlfriends that he's with say. So if they say any like 
anything close to no, he backs way the heck off, mm-hmm. um, which, which is, you know, I, I thought it was really interesting at that time compared to other characters in that book. And just that he also lies all the time and has some angst issues, angst issues, but I appreciate that Colton. Well, that was my number four. We just went off on an identity crisis tangent. I mean, I could talk about that for a long time. What is your, I'll pull it up, I guess, your number four. This looks like a salacious image. Yeah, uh, put it up there. I have (laughs) it. Do it now. Great Scott. Oh, what's happened? Oh, my gosh. This is some BDSM right here. I suppose I mean, it always is with the Bat family. Look at how they dress. Um, That's true. Tim Drake and Cassandra Kane, my two favorite characters. So this is this is sort of the um, imaginary one ish. Okay. Uh, often I I didn't you know re- growing up reading kind of like you know becoming slowly accumulated to romance and storytelling. I was never really one to like imagine. Oh, I wonder if they got together or have you? But I did grow to like. I mean, I've always loved Tim Drake. That was an early favorite of mine. And you know when I considered Cassandra Kane and she was hey, she's pretty cool. Um, I I was noticing their their friendship and that girl eighteen and there's that no man's land issue of Robin where Tim has time on, time with her he's like oh she scares me and stuff and he admits mm-hmm. that later on and you know back and forth they they kind of team up when <laughs> what this I don't know this image is like out of context and that's why it looks so sexy but I don't think I you'll have to remind me of what the context is but out of context it's like oh, oh my gosh when were they in this situation but keep going that's, keep going yes, that's uh so when <laughs> Stephanie Brown died quote unquote mm. and, and uh, after war games they both went to Bloodhaven uh they were kind of adrift and there's a four-part story that, that crossed over between the pages of back door pictures of, of, of Robin where they fought pink, the penguin and they were kind of working out together and they were kind of getting to, know, getting to know each other better and Tim discovers how good of a friend Stephanie was to Cassandra and while Cassandra is finding herself growing closer to Tim and she's not thinking you know romantically but she is like you know growing close to him like just like objectively but when they do the, it, it kind of is that sort of like you know Oracle with the Bridget scenes where like uh, Bridget Clancy scenes where she's like um Oh, that's right. Stephanie was his girlfriend. He must be feeling awful. I can't talk. I should not talk about how good of friends we were because because she would mention the whole sparring thing that they would do. And if Tim blames himself, and if Cassandra blames herself, which Cassandra did, because Cassandra's guilty about everything. And you know, there was just a very apparent like it's kind of similar to how it was when Superboy died and Wonder Girl and Robin kiss at one point. Yeah, but, but I thought that was much less well written. Uh, even though I didn't object to that. That was parent. like a Jason Babs. I was thinking about that the other day, like a Jason Babs, you know, heat of the moment. Let's kiss. Right. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, they don't kiss, but like there is, there is an absence with kiss, with Stephanie that is filled, that, that is filled with like, I, I think potential for romance with the mm. two of them. So, so I, I, they definitely come closer. So when Dan DeVito hired Aya Beechin to ruin everything, after one year later, Batman goes on a, on a, 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 a tour around the world to train his family, Dick Grayson and Tim Drake, and nobody else. And just leaves Cassandra. <laughs> and they come back. Long story short, Cassandra has uh, seemingly taken over the League of Assassins, has re-killed Lynx, and wants Tim to join her to lead the League of Assassins together. And she's like saying, she's basically saying, yeah, yeah, you and me, buddy. It's kind of like Maxima and Superman mm. or Talia and Batman. Like, you know, we can uh, we can rule this together as husband and wife kind of thing. 
Yeah, that was that was that was tripe. Eventually, uh, after fans said, "What are you doing?" They said, "Oh, you know what? The uh, uh, Deathstroke brainwashed her because he had a grudge on her after she beat up Rose in her title." So this scene here is from Teen Titans, where the Titans go to to save Cassandra, and to, and you see that Cassandra is like genuinely like getting repeatedly brainwashed by Deathstroke as revenge. When she, whenever whenever Cassandra is brainwashed to be evil, not only does she want to kill people, but she wants some Tim Drake. Which is interesting because in her own book, it's not—it's not as though when she was away from Tim, she thought of him a lot. I mean, she had this, this brief fling with Connor, mm-hmm. uh, and she had like one like she had like one sort of boyfriend at near the end of her run, sort of. But like this was kind of an interesting thing that kind of kept, kept coming back. And so when you go towards um, the pages of Red Robin, where she's all better now, she's a hero again. Tim goes to her. And ask her to come back to the Bat Family while she's doing her own thing, and of course they they pair off in, in Gates of Gotham. There is this sort of repeated interesting chemistry that they have. Now the second image I have is from um, there was a series called Solo in which various comic creators would have a chance to kind of just write write and draw short stories, whatever they wanted. I mean, Darwin Cook had an issue, Tim Seal had an issue, Howard Chaykin had an issue. And if May you go to, I interrupt you just before I put that up? Yes. Sorry. This back here, what what is this? It looks like a glass case of clothing. Whose clothing is that? Do you know? I don't remember. Okay. I just I wanted to be like, please tell me it's not Martha and Thomas that Bruce has, this is in his cave and he's put his parents' clothing in one of those No, cases. no, no. I think they're in some sort of like, I think they're like, attack, the, the Titans have attacked Deathstroke. Like they're not, they're not okay. in Gotham. Okay. I just, <laughs> I was fine. concerned. Okay. So apologies about interrupting. Go back your the the solo series. So so in solo, there it was a spotlight issue with Damien Scott, who is you know the awesome background artist, and he wrote a short story. He wrote two short stories that are of note. One was with Stephanie Brown's Robin and, ba- and Cassis Batgirl, but another one was uh, a story he came up with where he, it, it was years in the future, and Tim is Batman, and Cassandra is like I mean she's so Batgirl, she's like you know, Batwoman or what have you. And he's like, when I was doing Batgirl and when I was, and he later on moved on to Robin, I always thought these two worked well together. And I always kind of imagined them ending up together. So it's this kind of short story where Cassandra knows how, that like Tim is driven, but he's not as obsessive as Bruce, who she admired. And uh, Tim is always worried that he's not doing his, his best, but he's not, he's not let Cassandra down, who always impresses him. And at the end, there's nearly like a uh, a marriage proposal before they both like go yeah. up and fight for him together. But like, yeah, it's it's a story with like Tim and Cass as a couple, which is like you know it's not canon, but it was done by a comic book professional. So you know, I, I like I like I love these characters, and I like the idea of them together. I'm sure some people you know want to smack the taste out of my mouth and say Ooh. like Tim and Steph forever. See, um, we're both saying controversial things tonight. Yeah, but the the different well, will the difference being. I don't care because I know I don't care. Oh, I uh, <laughs> uh, if they were to ever end up together, I think that yeah, would be cool. Now, obviously, we would need to know what Stephanie thinks about that. Yeah, but I, I kind of, you know, uh, not heavily, but I've, I've kind of, you know, shipped them. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say so. Would you prefer her over Stephanie, or would you choose your third option and have him with Ariana? Uh, I, I get on that later. Um, <laughs> You know what? Yeah, I think I would like refer with, with Cassandra because okay. because I think that it's a it's a deeply com- engrossing idea of a couple. I mean, Tim Drake, yeah, he he's a smart kid, but he's pretty normal, and she is anything but. And that kind of opposite attraction thing is just you just want to learn more about like, what is that? What is that like? Yeah. What what what's what is going on there? 
And I just think, like, you know, why wouldn't you want to see that? So, I mean, I mean, I, I don't really like shipping Cassandra off with a lot of characters. Sure. But, like, with Tim, I'm, I'm like, you know, yeah, tell, tell me more about this. What do you I, think about it? Yeah, so I'm not sold on any couple with Tim yet. I have read all of the, the Batgirl run with Cassandra Kane. So I feel like I would more lean towards that than Stephanie. Cause I've not seen him really with Stephanie very often. Cause I sporadically read Robin whenever Oracle is in it. So I can't really say like, yeah, my gut, you know, I get the butterflies and those two are together. Like they're cute together, but there are some really impactful scenes that I read in Batgirl with Tim and Cass. I mean, I always bring up with you that two for flinching where she, yes. you know, that's a huge scene. I think they were training together and, and he sees the bullet holes and, 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 she explains what that well, like that was a really intimate scene, and and I think any time that they're together, there's there's a level of intimacy. I think you mentioned eighteen. I'm not sure if that was the one or if it was sixteen that I did with Brian Q. Miller, where he admits that you know I've been scared of you because you're an assassin and all this background, but actually you're human, and they become friendly. There's that they have to take down an assassin. So that was yeah. a huge scene as well. And, and he um, learns a bit more about her too. So if I were to lean towards any of the, the potential ships that he has, and I know that there have been some good things with the detective comics run with, with Steph and Robin, but uh, potentially I would lean towards, towards Cass. The issue though, that always stops me is I don't, when I look at Cassandra, like I was looking, one of the reasons why that image bothered me is like, wow, she's really like, sexy like sexualized and i'm just not know, used to no, that no, i'm no, just no, that's no, the no, one no. thing is that it's hard for me to ship cassandra yes. i don't know i don't know if i you know i i'm putting like putting on her like she's asexual i don't know i just mm-hmm. don't see her as like the sexual being i i it's hard for me to get there but i do feel like there is something there between the two of them so i'm, I'm totally with you yeah, yeah i don't think that she's particular because again in that in that image she's brainwashed I don't think that she's like... <laughs> yeah, let's say it again so the folks at yeah. home understand how terrible the story was. Yeah, no, I don't... I don't, I don't it, it was bad. Um, I don't see her as, like, sexual and someone who kind of, like, understands their sexuality and yeah. and knows when they want to utilize it. But I do think she's a very romantic character, right? Like, like when she was, like, when she discovered an attraction to Superboy, she just, like, called up and kissed him. And she kind of yearns, like, she, she often sees Tim and Steph and kind of yearns for that. So I, I do think that she's somebody who recognizes what romance is and, and, and seeks it. At the same time, I think whenever she kind of, like, is with Tim, there is a sort of unspoken thing that, that she doesn't recognize, but there's all, it's also there. Like, I real my favorite issue of Red Robin was uh, when she saved Tim's virginity. <laughs> oh, I remember that. That was hilarious. We're like, we're like, yeah, he was, I don't know who it was. Some character had like, you know, captured Red Robin and I'm asking like, you shall, together we shall lead this army as husband and wife. And then Black Bat shows up. She's like, I don't think so. And like, <laughs> there were a lot of fans at the time made a lot of fan art of like Cassandra just locking Tim up in a box and it was like, you know, virginity not for sale or whatever. It was, yeah, it was, he, it was very amusing. He should wear like in Princess Bride that, oh, yeah, the, the belt chastity. of chastity. <laughs> or the Chelsea yeah. belt, yeah. I do. You said, you know, it'd be interesting to see what Stephanie would feel about it. I feel like Cass is the type, and I don't know what her relationship is like in this current era, but definitely back where we're talking pre-New 52, 
I, I think she would have a conversation before she would ever dive into anything with Tim. She'd be like, hey, Steph, because she cares about Steph or she will, you know, grow to, I feel like they're BFFs. So, so that'd yes. be an interesting conversation. But yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm on board potentially. Like I said, yeah, I just don't have any horse in the race, I think, for him, which is interesting. I think it's interesting too because obviously like Dick Grace is like the big romantic back character. Yeah. Um, I find because Tim Drake has a lot of female fans that like most most I don't I'm not gonna say most I don't know but like I've seen a lot of female fans just want Tim themselves. <laughs> and I'm not saying like you know all women just want I'm not trying to lay aspersions but like I uh, oftentimes when it's not just Tim and Stephanie it's like well I, you know Tim is like that kind of ideal character that like. You know, it's, it's, it's like kind of like a Twilight thing, I guess, where like, you know, oh, screw Bella, I want Edward kind of thing. <laughs> sure. Well, you asked me in a text chat because one of my stories was the Nicola Scott. <laughs> she was selling her prints and one of them was the sexy scene with Dick Grayson. And um, you asked me if I thought he was the sexiest superhero character. Uh, or male character, I guess, and and I said I think so. You know, but it's hard because I feel like just with the media, that's really all I think about. Because there are other like Peter Parker, I find sexy. Uh, Danny Rand, I also do. But probably, yeah, by by and far by what is it by far and large, by far and large, whatever. I yeah, probably Dick Grayson. But I'm also like brainwashed because of all the things that come out about him. <laughs> Nicholas Scott. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, man, I, I follow her on Instagram now and just go ooh la la the entire time she posts anything. Here's a question for you. I was asked this by um, Rob, our friend over at Everybody Loves a Drake, when yes. he when I was on, I, I guested to talk about my favorite Robin, Damien, which I know we disagree on. But he, in uh, Batman Arkham Knight... The video game, the third video game that did, they did with Batman, Tim and Barbara end up getting together. I can't remember if they get married or not. Do you, like, could you in any universe foresee that happening? No, are you kidding? Absolutely not. That was, that was horse crap. Like, like just, just for the pure fact that, like, you know, at some point, they're really... On q and we, we tried... We, we came up now, like, you know what? It's fine. You know way. It doesn't matter. That's what I call it. Like, yeah, I you know. know. I call it questions. Don't ask them. They don't have the answers. Yeah, go on. You make it a longer title. You know, at some point, your age is going to be a factor. And yeah. this woman is this woman is, is like 25 years older than Tim or something like that. I don't know. I Maybe think she old. may have been brought down in age and he up to their meeting in the middle. But I, I take your point. Well, my point is that, like, why? when would that have happened? Like, when would they have, have chemistry enough where, like, she see What does she see in Tim that she would not see in Dick Grayson? I don't or know Jason if Dick Grayson was a part of... I've not played the game, but it's a different universe. So you'd have to think without Dick Grayson and a younger Barbara and an older Tim, do you think they could get together? If they were on the same level? Yeah. Uh, I've never thought of that. I just never, uh, I mean, possibly, but I mean, to me, it's like, it's like, oh, do you think Miles Brown's would ever get with She-Hulk? It's like, <laughs> why would I, why would I posit that? I mean, there's plenty <laughs> of other people, people on, on their, on their level. And I'm not, again, I'm not yeah. saying that like, uh, it's gross or wrong. I just think that like that requires a lot further explanation than I'm, than I guarantee we would have gotten. And I didn't play the game either, yeah. but I was, I was, it, to me, I, I, I just go, whenever people do that, they just want to ship Barbara off with somebody. Like it's not so much like this would make any sense. It's like, okay, well who, who which character is Barbara V. Love interest to now? Yeah. I think she was the only female in the game. So I suppose that makes sense. Yeah. Whatever. But, okay. Well, I just wondered, I wasn't trying to incense <laughs> you on purpose. Okay. So now we're I on to my it. number three. 
this three, right? Now, I had trouble between three and four. I'll explain why this ended up winning out on three. You actually mentioned it by accident. It is uh, Superboy, a.k.a. Connell slash Connor Kent, and Wonder Girl, a.k.a. Cassandra Sandsmark. What a hot image. I know. I have this one and then the, uh, uh, one of their kissing scenes. So Teen Titans Volume 3 by Jeff Johns, specifically 2005 Infinite Crisis. Again, this is really my, my hopping on point with reading comics consistently. So that was one of the things that popped. And then this annual plays into the story. So the reason why it became three and not four is that this was a couple that led me to search long boxes for this one particular Uh issue, (laughs) even though I wasn't even reading the series at the time, but I had known of uh, these two getting together. I had been reading Infinite Crisis. I knew of the tragic outcomes, of course, and then was just trying to get more about these characters. And lo and behold, oh, there's a Teen Titans annual number one where they get together and they consummate their relationship because they don't think they're going to survive Infinite Crisis. I got to find that. Yeah, and so, so this is one of those that I went in just with, you know, this one thing in mind. So that's, that's pretty big. But they actually get together pretty early on in Teen Titans, but, you know, they, they don't – well, he dies in Infinite Crisis, so that's unfortunate. <laughs> and then this connects with the, the Ralph and Sue because she, uh, Cassie, is a huge player in the 52 Weekly series. She actually joins a cult, which connects to Ralph because that's one of the things that he uh, sees that they can resurrect. And it was another reason why I bought that series because I wanted – Connor to come back and so I thought oh he might come back there's this cult they're trying to resurrect him maybe it'll work out I knew all about that kiss that you were talking about because because Tim is trying to because this is my one of my new year's goals remember is say because not cause because Tim is trying to remake Connor bring him back as well and and they Mm -hmm. both commiserate over that but that's not about them but it's interesting because remember, Don, I was reading Young Justice years ago. I don't remember when I started doing that, mm-hmm. but I, I would keep you apprised of where I was and we talk a lot about that. And so it's interesting reading younger versions where Superboy doesn't give Cassie the time of day. Mm-hmm. And then in Teen Titans, of course, they get together, which I can bring that image up. Their first kiss, which is ends hilariously. I which is my own. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, first kiss on the roof. I think this is f- issue five. And then you can see him at the bottom being hauled off there by Wonder Woman, uh, <laughs> which was a lot of fun. And thrown, he, she just flings him. But, yeah, a big reason it got my butterflies going in my, in, my, in my tummy. That's usually what helps me pick shippers and stick with them. So I was engaged with this particular couple. I actually have a really interesting history just with this book, Teen Titans. I've never read it all the way through. But I remember I was sick one day and my mom went to the local comic store and and this was like I was in high school and she just picks up Teen Titans issue number seven. She might have gotten some other things. I think maybe an Ultimate Spider-Man issue. And I really loved it. And out of context issue, issue seven was probably the best to start with. It was a good jumping on point. But mm-hmm. I just really loved the characters. But seeing these two together, I felt like it, it was 
who's a shipperific couple. And the big thing is that why it's influential is that making me go to a comic store in order to seek out shipping items, you know, evidence of them together and things like that. That was, yeah, so that's one of the reasons why. It won't be the last time you hear that I do that, but this is, is like the start, the catalyst of it. So one of those, yeah. I don't know. Are they together in this current continuity? Well, you know. I heard there's okay. flirtation between her and Tim, actually, when I was doing research. Is that true? That, there might have been something in, like, the New 2 Teen Titans, but, like, okay. uh, what, okay, so, like, uh, so Brian Michael Bendis, who was clearly on Justice Band, brought back the Young Justice team. And, but I mean, pretty much everything, like right now in DC, everything's continuity again. Okay. And, they all, and all the characters remember it. This version of Connor Kent is is in the Superman books. Like Clark is having a hard time remembering him, but like, you know, he, mm-hmm. he went to see the kids and stuff like that. And in the, in the pages of Young Justice, they were kind of like trying to like work their way back into like the relationship. And I, I don't think that was, that was as resolved, but it was definitely, they're definitely coming back together. I will say that like, this was, this was one of my honorable mentions. Was it? Uh, okay. I have the time that, she meets him, which is like I believe oh, in the first picture. Justice. Justice. Yeah, where, where it is different. Where like it's it's not you know like when you say that Connor, it was it was very much kind of like you know she, she had a crush, she had an unrequited crush on Connor because Cassie did. Oh yeah. Oh, and her little but word balloon is a heart. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And he was such a punk when he came, first came out. I Dennis know. Yeah. Or uh, Trevor <laughs> Superman that I liked. He's not being so much here, but like he is the kind of guy who's like, oh, the ladies love me kind of guy. So like it was interesting seeing that develop because I remember when a kiss in Young Justice and then later on in the page of Teen Titans. And I remember, gosh, I remember mid-2000s DC so well and like the lead up to Infinite Crisis and stuff. And I remember when he was living with Mom Pot Kent, I was, I was confused because Mom Pot Kent looks so super young. That's because Smallville was on. That was an interesting time. And I do remember like, you know, one year later where both – Cast both Wonder Girl and Robin changed their costumes to be majorly red in honor mm. of of uh, Connor, which I was kind of back and forth. I remember really, I remember really not liking how she was written uh, in One Year Later because I thought that the character was like just really aggressive and angry and stuff, and, I, and that felt to me like somebody had kind of gotten a hold of her. Although I guess it was still Jeff Johns. Yeah, no, no, that, this was definitely you know because this is like kind of a legacy thing. This is like a third generation DC superhero teen romance that is cool, and I and I I would like to see them return because if if a uh, Tim and Stephanie can be brought back in Detective. They should yeah. be brought back in uh, in full fledged fashion as well. Although, like, I'm I'm not sure besides Young Justice where Cassie currently is. Okay, I'm not sure either. I don't know about the plans for Wonder Woman or anything. But yeah, it's nice just that they had that history. That it's not just Teen Titans, but they were growing up alongside one another in Young Justice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and I, I've always liked her original, like, like uh, black wig costume with the goggles. And <laughs> when she became more confident, she was like, ah, people found out who it was. So, you know, whatever. And like, uh, I'm changing her costume. And so that, that was just good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for your number three? The question is, are you ready for my number three? Who knows? You've already betrayed me once this podcast. Bring it up. Here it is. Oh, <laughs> that's a big one. Gar Logan and Tara Markov, a.k.a. Uh, the Changeling, or Beast Boy, and Tara from the pages of the new Teen Titans. Mm. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> the Judas contract was the first thing. I, like, when I first got, you know, began working with my first job, I spent my first paycheck on, on a copy of the new Teen Titans trade paperback. I, was re- I read about it on TitansTower.com. Shout out to Bill Wilco. And obviously the Teen Titans cartoon was on at the time. And... Uh, I really love this story. I just, it kind of has a special place in my heart because of that, but I think it's a cool story of 
oh, there's this new character, and she's a young teenage girl, and and Gar likes her, and she has a lot of anger and a lot of issues, but she's gonna be a hero. And oh, she was working for Deathstroke the entire time, and actually, she wants to kill everybody. I find Tara to be a very fascinating character and a very amusing character. For one thing, I love her original look with like I said this before, but like her kind of like Chip Fields or Kim Fields like mushroom haircut and her prominent buck teeth. Like she's not this glamorous Starfire or this like you know. This beautiful Donna Troy. She looks like a geeky, a awkward, gawky kid that for some reason Gar Logan has a, has a crush on. But um, it's funny because there's a little bit of ambiguity whether like she she returned Beast Boy's affections or not. Of course, have, well, have you read the Judas Contract? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So like when she's like going crazy and attacking everybody, she's she very vehemently says, "I I fate every word of that. Yeah. I, every every drop of romance I that that you felt was a, a complete act." She was hooking up with the Deathstroke, which is a whole other thing. I mean, it is kind of that thing where, like, you know, this this event had wounded Gar for so long that later on in the '90s, where she seemingly returned, it was a, a good girl. It was it was kind of like you know when Gwen Stacy the Gwen Stacy clone came back and Peter was like going crazy and stuff. But I don't know. I, I, you know, it was so much nicer in the Teen Titans cartoon where she betrays some stuff, but like she's made to be a lot more sympathetic mm-hmm. and. I liked the Judas Contract uh, direct-to-video movie, and I thought that even then they, they kind of sanded off the harder edges to her just a little bit. But just the first of all, I mean, just the character herself, I like, and I like you know her kind of getting together with the kind of you know the the prankster character Beast Boy and how insecure he often is. I to me, it's a very interesting couple that you know I don't see a lot of in comics. I mean, she was kind of meant to be a reaction to accusations that the New Teen Times was ripping off Uncanny X-Men. And people were saying, oh, well, she's clearly their version of Shadowcat. She's their version of Kitty Pride. And Wolfman Perez were like, nope. And they never redeemed her because she was never going to be redeemed. She was always this kind of a sleeper agent, evil character. And recently, discourse has come around. It was like, you know, she was like a 15-year-old girl or 16. Like she was, her parents were killed when she was a kid. She was separated from her brother. She was taken in by this assassin. How much blame can we really put on Tara Markov? You know, are we really going to say that this, this kid was this deranged, insane, evil creature? Because like Tara, or sorry, Tara, Raven says when they're when they're fighting, you know, she's pure evil. But you know, I don't know. There's a lot of return value, I think, with her. I think when you look at like her quote unquote fake romance with Beast Boy, uh, was Beast Boy seeing things that was actually there, or was, was or was it, was he just duped? I mean, I just find it very intriguing. And again, I would love to know if there's any other kind of romance in DC or comics history that's that's like this. Yeah, no, it, it certainly is deep. I I didn't read it. Until after I had like way after I had watched the television series, the cartoon that is, and so there, yeah, you com- you totally feel for for poor little Gar, but <laughs> you wonder were there actual feelings on her side? It seems like yes, like uh, even though she tried to play it off that she did care for him, and I think she's given a statue, isn't she? At the end, she's turned to a statue. <laughs> Oh, she's turned to a statue. Okay, yeah, that's the difference right there. Oh, yeah. But no, it is. I, I mean, it's it seems so sweet reading it, and then she turns into this this hateful hateful person, and maybe she is completely that. Uh, wasn't she smoking in bed at one point? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, wow, these are all the hallmark uh, things of the all the hallmarks. Isn't that what it right. is? All the hallmarks of an evil person. She's smoking in bed. Having sex, evil, having sex yeah. with an old, older man. Um, yeah, they, they yeah. Never, they never explain that. So this um, is your toxic relationship that you're talking about? 
Yeah, I, I, I dare people to argue that for my top two choices, but like, uh, yeah, oh I love that last scene. If you look at the, the the other image, where like she's just going, just she's going wild, and like, yeah. and it is what you said, like, because like obviously, like, um, you have a hive and Deathstroke attacking the Titans, and she's like, everyone's betraying me, and she's just so wild and stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I just I, every time I read them, I'm like, what a what an interesting character. I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that like people would think that like she's annoying and stuff or whatever, but. For a group of superheroes that are ostensibly teenagers trying to help each other and find themselves and helping each other get away from their mentors and stuff, I mean, is she like a failure of the Teen Titans or, or is she just somebody that we could never help? I mean, or, I'm talking more about her than like the actual Beast Boy Terra yeah. romance. But like, I mean, I mean, to be completely honest, there's there's more, there's actually less stuff about that. Besides that, I, I did show you that one kiss, but like, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think that she's interesting. And, and uh, I know that Tom on his show has talked about this but i would like to i would, I would like to talk to i talk about it to him one on one just just because i know that this he was around when this when this story first came out he was he, he was stunned i it you know her brother and and this connects back to identity crisis because there is a scene where they talk about all the people that they've lost the people that are close to the heroes and one point you see her brother in front of her grave and so i wonder if her brother you know mourns what she was before or Maybe this maybe this is just a blip, and she is somewhat decent, and just yeah, it's it's everything that was built upon each other. Because you, you would think that he would be somewhat discerning and know, but maybe not. I, I remember I was reading Batman and the Outsiders, and in Teen Titans, at the end of this issue at her funeral, they say uh, she, she died heroically fighting Deathstroke in, in in the high, like she died a hero. So he doesn't know what happened. Okay. But in Batman and the Outsiders, he says. Ever since Batman told me that she was evil, I've never, I don't know what to think about myself. I'm like, wait, what? Like, oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting, yeah. An interesting case study, yeah. Definitely. I hope you don't disagree. Uh, that she's an interesting case study? Oh, yeah. And that, like, you know, oh, she shouldn't be on, on an influential romance list or her. This is, no, I think with these lists, it's <laughs> how, you know, it's very subjective of, you know, these are the reasons why they were influential to us. So I totally get that. Okay, my number two. Now, this is a big one. It changed my life. It is it me? You're sick. <laughs> individual. I only have one image, but I, I was hard-pressed to squeeze everything on there, so I thought this is the best I can do. Okay, my number two, which changed my life, no exaggeration, is Kate Kane and Maggie Sawyer. Ah, I, I, I thought early on maybe that would be on there, but I forgot Yeah, so discovered 2011 in the New 52 by J.H. Williams III and Hayden Blackman. And I think you and I can agree, many people can agree, New 52 I think was overall bad. Harvey. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, for me, and I, I did a shipper's special or shipper spotlights intermittently throughout but we we were and this is funny coming from a shipper but we were inundated with sex throughout the first couple issues of several series and i'm not exaggerating nightwing had sex on a plane with raya Uh batwoman and uh catwoman on the rooftop i think Uh what was it it was called like i don't know something horrible batman and uh and uh that that girlfriend is in his office. And oh, that's right. That was in oh shoot, what was that? Dark Knight, I think. In that story, that's right. And then that's Red Hood and the Outlaws. There's some God. stuff going on in there. So there was there was so much sex, people. And I'm not exaggerating. Really <laughs> so bad. It was. Really... <laughs> and it was, and it was, it was like. 
I'm yeah. worried about this. It, it, it's not. So I can't much see like, your face because it's being blocked by. I think. Uh, <laughs> It's just like, it was always at the expense of like, like characters or, or total non sequitur. I mean, that, that, that Catwoman scene is crap. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. We do, without the costumes or with the costumes on, it was some subtitle like that. But yeah, it was as if DC had a dry spell the past 50 years and decided to really rack it up. So then we get mm-hmm. to Batwoman. And I felt like it was one of the few titles of the ones, you know, all the ones that I mentioned, that it's it centered this relationship around emotion. And yes, sex did happen. It was it was a pretty like sexy scene, if if you remember what it looked like. Of course, the the art is beautiful, but it didn't happen until issue four, and then later on a proposal in issue 17, which I'll talk about because that's one of the travesties of this. So I would say that this this honestly changed my life. It made me reevaluate queer relationships, searching for because I think I primarily shipped heterosexual relationships. And so this was like a huge turning point, like, oh wow, there can be good, really emotional and engaging and ones that get to me queer relationships. Why was I avoiding them? And I think, you know, more specifically, I think lesbian couples and ships and this was really the turning point. We, you've asked me sometimes, like, what made you rethink this? This made me, I think, transition to an ally of uh, the queer community, I think, was this, uh, which sounds like, I, I understand what it sounds like. You know, you got that from a comic, but it really was that impactful for me, just seeing this, like, they're just like everybody else. They can have a beautiful relationship like everybody else. And so I really transitioned. And this was, you know, I, I was young. I've grown up so much. This is 2011, so I hope people give me a bit of a, a bit of a chance and everything. But this was just uh, so beautiful. This was the scene in issue number three where Maggie comes and says, why did you stand me up? And Kate can't tell her that she was out being Batwoman. And then she starts crying because she had just yelled at Firebird, basically told her to drop the hero business. And uh, yeah, they have this nice little emotional moment and, and end up kissing. And so I thought it was just, yeah, really raw and intimate and, and really grew to love this particular couple. One of my favorite couples, I think, in, in DC Comics. And I love that there was that proposal in 17, where at the same time that she proposes, Kate proposes, she also reveals her identity. And then, of course, the travesty of it is that DC said that heroes can't really be married and happy and do their duty because they are <laughs> supposed to be devoted to other people. So that, that was like a big, Oh man, what, why did this sort of thing happen when other people could potentially get married as well? So, Oh man. Yeah. It's, I think I would recommend that, you know, if anyone were on the fence about like queer relationships and, and how it's represented, because I think sometimes they, they get a bad rap. What, well, I mean, I've just read a queer history that, you know, they're just like oversexed and it's crazy and they're not uh, committed to each other and they just hopple. I'm like, no, nah, you know, that's just like weird, weird stereotypes that you don't understand. Like this is, I think, and Portrait of a Lady on Fire would be the, uh, th- these would be the two incarnations that, that I would say. But yeah, so it, it, w- it really did change my life and, and changed my outlook on things. Freshly graduated from, from college, I didn't really have any of those experiences, didn't really have or know anyone in the com- queer community. So uh, this was great for me. So that's why comics really, I think, push forward my my empathy. And so that's why I feel, you know, when people feel like comics 
when you say you read comics and they kind of snub their nose at you, like, you know, you're immature. Mm -hmm. These are like one of the reasons why I'm like, no, actually, you know, it helped inform me on certain things. And and I think pushed me to better understanding and empathy and compassion. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that like, um, that's how culture develops. It helps us, helps reiterate uh, new norms and new ways to see other people. And I mean, I mean, this is the last time I want to do this. I promise. I promise the last time I want to do this. But on, on question of answers, we talk about that all the time. Like, you know, you can't just say that like video games or movies or television have no consequences because those mores are repeated and reiterated and believed out in the real world because yeah. through, through things that they, that they receive culturally and, and through other media. Yeah. And no, I remember, I remember when um, New 52 came out that this was clearly the best written book we were, we were Ooh. dealt with. I mean, yeah. We enjoyed Batman uh, by Scott Snyder, and I think Nightwing was 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 all right. And you know, we we enjoyed Batman Robin a bit, but by and large, it was awful. But Batman was one that was clearly like you know, this gets an A every time. Yeah, and it just felt that like there was much more emotion coming out of it rather than sensationalism or trying to impress or shock the reader. Like this isn't your dad's DC comic book thing. Mm-hmm. And it does say something uh, where Dan Dio says we can have you know like multiple sex scenes in comic books, including Batwoman, but we can't show gay marriage. And he said, you know, it's not that we're against gay marriage, it's just the idea of a superhero, but it's like, okay, it's, but like, these super- yeah. don't exist. I, I think it, it um, what's that called? A bad... Bad faith argument? Uh, no, like a bad look, but that's not what I'm looking yeah. for. But because you said no to this couple and they happened to be a lesbian couple, I, I felt bad optics. I felt like it, it turned out poorly. It, they were so big on the... Gosh, who was it? It was the Green Lantern, Alan Scott, and somebody else in that other world's Earth 2. They're like, oh, yeah. this is our first Earth. And he dies. He gets killed in the first. And I'm like, okay, so you just did the bury, you bury your gaze trope, and you're so excited. And there is news article. There were news articles. So they didn't. Maybe they're doing better. I have no idea what their their queer character population is like right now but i i just feel like they lost something yeah when they didn't do that and this was you know compared to nightwing and uh clancy maggie knew maggie knew they went through those issues because at one point she says where were you that that night before we made love the first time unless you're ready to tell me we can't be together and then there's the proposal they go through like realistic issues and then if maggie not maggie if kate is completely out uh no pun intended you know being batwoman you could make that relationship work because she said yes knowing that uh, Kate was Batwoman, so I don't know. I, that was what a lost thing. And then the writers left basically because of it. Really? Them. Yeah, remember they dropped because of editorial issues, and then that whole thing happened. I was like, yeah, because they weren't given what they wanted to do. Yeah, still, it was that was 10, 10 years ago now. Oof, I know. 11. It's crazy. Uh, I just want to say that you are hidden behind like a shelf. Oh, well, I don't. I don't see myself on the thing. I, I just see uh, two women kissing. So, two women kissing. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Two women kissing. Uh, so there you <laughs> yeah, go. Kate and Maggie, which made me excited when she popped up in Supergirl. Supergirl. Yeah, but then that was she was with um, Alex, right? I'm sorry. Uh, Maggie's warrior was with Alex, right? Yeah. Yep. And then she left because they had an issue about children. Okay, now it is your number two. I almost clicked on your number one by accident. Number two for you. I don't even Did this one list. change your life? Yes. Okay. 
<laughs> what life? <laughs> oh, I think I recognize her. Yes, this is Tim Drake and Ariana Zerchenko. Ooh. This is this is one of my favorite romances, but it's also influential. This is, uh, you know, if we're not counting Spider Man, this is definitely like the first like comic book romance. It is. This is a, this is an image from Robin Number One, where she was introduced. Ariana was introduced in like Robin Three which is like his third miniseries before he got his ongoing series in which uh, she was like, you know, under plight from the KGB said rescued by Robin. So you don't really see her and Tim get together, but like by the time the series starts, they're dating. And, you know, Robin, Tim Drake, Robin series is very Spider-Man-like where like he, he has a lot of problems with double identity and maintaining a normal life. And again, it was kind of as a, I'm a kid reading this. And like when you see in this issue, it, Batman gave him a, the Redbird, right? He had a super hot, souped up, mega car and the next scene is like i gotta go pick up my, my girlfriend we gotta ride the bus like he feels really insecure about it there's a line in the next panel that i don't, I don't include that like i related to in, in a previous relationship where he says you know i feel human when i'm with her you know being with her makes me makes me forget about jean paul valley and bane and you know everything's going on in Gotham. I, I don't think about any of that stuff when i'm with her it's a darn shame that didn't last because uh, they're together for over 50, 55 issues, but mm. it's very tumultuous because he's Robin. And whereas Dick Grayson is an adult and kind of understands, I better, honestly, I better end things with, with Clancy before they get too far. And also there's just Barbara and I'm always running off. Like he, I would not say that Dick is wholly irresponsible with, with Richard Clancy. He is a little bit, but like with Tim, it's not so much that Tim is irresponsible. It's just that Tim, it's, it's almost like he's overwhelmed with everything that he, he couldn't possibly have made this work. During Nightfall, he's running around chasing Jean-Paul. He's trying to, you know, he's stayed up all night. He's not getting enough sleep. So Ariana, like, goes out with another guy. And uh, she feels bad about it and tells him, you know, I, I went out with Glenn Doppler. I'm so sorry. I was just so mad. Will you forgive me? And, like, Tim's, like, falling asleep because he, he, is, he was chasing Asriel the whole time. So she's mad at him for that. When a student, a classmate of theirs uh, is killed oh, in gun yeah. violence yeah. Um, at the funeral, they're, they're very sad about it. And then uh, Stephanie Brown is there to investigate. And so Tim was like, oh, crap, what's she doing here? And then Stephanie's like, why are you looking at that blonde girl? And why do you look so strange? And he's like, oh, can we go? And so she's so soft. First of all, she hits him. And then like, like issues later, she dyes her hair blonde because clearly that's what he's into, which catches the attention of other classmates and there's an attempted assault uh, after that. And so she's traumatized by that. But she feels, okay, well, this is what all the cool kids are doing. She invites him over to her house, puts on this, this, this sexy nighty when her aunt and uncle aren't there, and says, let's have some sex. And he's like, as I told Lady Shiva, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Which is about, which, and she, this actually makes her feel safer with him, that, that he didn't pressure her to anything. So they start to kiss right when her aunt and uncle show up from church. So her uncle literally chases him out. And Tim has to actually use his Robin acrobatics to escape him. And like, he's literally chased out of the house. So his relationship with Ariana, you know, she's, she's moving to a boarding school. They threaten to move her away. And it's a really bad scene. And Tim's only solace is hanging out as Robin with the spoiler. It's really unfortunate that like, it was just, it, it's one of those things where if he was not Robin, I can't imagine why they would not, you know, go the distance. In this relationship, but like throughout several years of the first uh, several uh, you know years of this title, I really liked the, the relationship. I was really rude for her, and in the letters pages, it was very much a you know Gwen and MJ, Tiff and Aerith kind of thing, where it's like you're either with on Team Ariana or with, with Team Stephanie. Because mm. uh, right away, Stephanie had kind of gotten over her annoyance at Robin and started having a crush on him, 
So like, it was very much like, do you want to have Robin have a girlfriend or Tim to have a girlfriend? And so I think that, you know, Ariana was always a really nice character. Like she was not dumb, but she was, and she was also, you know, trying to be understanding, but you know, there were times where Tim was just missing for several days and his excuses always sucked. And so she, that, that, you know, she's like 14. So she's very insecure about that. And I just, it was, a, it was an example of like in Spider-Man, his, most of his romances are like in college. Right. So there's very little that he has to like, you know, report to except for like, you know, his absences and stuff. Whereas Tim's like, Oh, I was with my dad. Oh, but your dad's in the hospital. Oh, I was visiting my dad, but the hospital's all over there. It's, it's like all this kind of stuff that he was never smart enough to figure out. Like he, he can figure out a crime, but he can't really figure out how to lie convincingly. And he tells Dick this and he tells, Barbara this sometimes and he tells Batman this and Batman's like, I don't know what I'm talking about. So um so it was a it was an example of a very young romance that was just always on the downward path and just I don't know, just I found it very it was it was influential to me because like that was like the main DC romance for years that I was uh used to, you know? Like when I got into comics, Spider Man had already been married and stuff. Like Superman and Lois have been married, but but this and this is when they break up, it was just one of those things where it was never gonna happen it was never gonna happen. Now I kinda mm-hmm. I kind of feel that Dixon kind of cheats the audience a bit because when Tim realizes that he needs to break up with her and he's struggling to do it, she's like, hey, let's break up. And it kind of makes it easy on Tim. But like ultimately, it was it was kind of like a very young like teen romance that um that was just it was it was it should have been a source of peace and relaxation for Tim. But it just never was. I remember a lot of the things that you're talking about reading through them. So, yeah. Do you do you foresee, you know, if we saw Tim years in the future? And he met Ariana. Would they just have dinner and chat like old friends, or do you think that there would be a potential for a more serious relationship? There is one one issue a few features down the line after Stephanie says that she's pregnant, where he does run into Ariana mm. at her restaurant, the restaurant that she works at with her aunt, and they catch up and they're cordial, and she's cool with it. Like like she kind of understood that it was kind of this teen romance, but he's he doesn't he's never sure how to feel about it, and you know, he feels kind of guilty and weird but you know that was kind of the last time we saw her um now that tim's much older and you know kind of more he's kind of more focused on being robin i don't know how you i don't know how you deal with it gotcha so is, is it similar to dick and, and clancy and that that other identity really prevents this from becoming a longer relationship i think it's similar but i think tim and ariana are a more extreme example Okay. Where Nightly was like, oh, maybe I can kind of strike up something with with, uh, with Clancy. Oh, it never ended up working out to where they started actually officially dating. I mean, Tim and Ariana were boyfriend and girlfriend for years, for years. This wasn't just like a run. This was like from issue one to issue 50 something. And he gone through Nightfall and Contagion and Legacy and all that kind of stuff. So like he was going through so much and trying to maintain this relationship. And she never found out he was Robin. She never like uh, had any clue or had any guesses like, at, at all. It wasn't a case of like, I can't let her know my secret identity. It was, it was like, I'm just trying to keep this thing up. And I find it relatable just as a, on a human level, you know, relationships can be very difficult and you have to put an effort in them and you can't just hope it works out because yeah. um, whether you are a crime fighter or not. And I don't know, I just, more than anything else, this was the number one ro- romance that I was familiar with when I was like, this is like well before podcasts, well before like Justice League and like that, like where like a lot of this stuff was kind of like young in the 90s and i was kind of reading and kind of getting to know come up storytelling like this was the relationship that i was the most familiar with mm-hmm. and it's all even though she's a forgotten character i've never i've never gotten her so whenever like they say oh continuity's back back in continuity you guys ariana is back in continuity i'm like cool hooray i win so 
that's you shake your head. <laughs> I win. Yeah. No, it's you know when you when you talk about this, it, it's interesting to think about Tim, a sixteen-year-old. I don't know here, fifteen. 15, 16, and just all the stuff that he has to deal with and just the fact that he's able to juggle it. And of course, I think some of the balls are going to fall and he's not able to complete it, but oof. Yeah. (laughs) It's it. I didn't feel when I was reading her, I thought, well, it's fine. But I I think I did sort of lean towards him having a girlfriend or significant other as Robin rather than yeah. As Tim, though, you know, with that, you've got your inherent issues. I always think of Black Cat and, and Spider-Man. <laughs> like, there's obviously an issue if you can't remove your masks and everything. And ever since, you know, Young Justice, I know how secretive he is. I guess not really secretive, but protective of his identity yes. he is. I remember there was a campfire scene. Do you remember that scene where everyone, like, takes off their guises and he's like, no, just keep mine <laughs> Yeah. That's just who he is. So it's it'd be hard to imagine him sitting down with her and saying, "I'm Robin," or you know, the other people. So well, I mean, he, he never he never confessed to Stephanie that he was Tim Drake. That, that was yeah. going for him, and he felt some type of way about that. But yeah, I yeah, remember he was very that. Oof, that's a betrayal, Jeez. wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you agree? Oh, I think I said it first. <laughs> oh boy. Well, anything else on your number two? We're about to get into the big one. Uh, no, I, I just, I'll I'll explain any oxygen I can to <laughs> share people the word of Ariana, but like uh, okay, I'm out, I'm out of breath, so it's your turn. Okay, so I feel like the only controversial one you potentially had was what Tara and Gar. Yeah, no, I wasn't I wasn't out to break anybody's hearts. Clearly, you are. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, but I am. My number one. If this is not my- your tarantula, seriously. <laughs> my. No, it's Baby Doll and Killer Croc. My number one, it should be a surprise to no one at all, frankly. I have an image right now on my screen. So this, ah, yes. You know, you. I mean, I even have the <laughs> statue all set up. You know it's going to be Dick and Babs. Dick and Babs is my number one. It possibly, you know, spoiler for future DC comic lists that we have, it possibly... Okay. Could be number one for like all the DC comic ones. Oh, do you have something? Is this one of your honorable mentions? I can't. So, oof. I was trying to retrace because this one I think has the most complicated history. Wow, look at this guy. He goes to the gym, people. He goes to the gym to get those gains, as they say. (laughs) Yeah, you berate me like, show me the games. Hey, is it so hard or is it so terrible to ask to see a man's legs? No, I don't think so. Oh, oh. (laughs) I see it. Is he on a workout bench and she's straddling him? Yeah. Oh man, there they are. Is that that's not from a comic, is it? No, that's 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 Babs Star. Okay. You, you, you've seen this before, right? Maybe. Probably. Probably if it's Bad Star, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so anyways, this is my number one. It changed my life, partially one of the reasons <laughs> why I started this podcast. But Discovered in 2005, so I tried to work through all of this. And summer 2005, which is when I graduated uh, high school, I had surgery on one of my feet, and I was laid up, and I was looking for books and media to consume. And I remember getting Back Row Year One, which changed my life, and 
Justice League, the animated series on DVD, maybe season mm-hmm. one and two, but definitely season one. Mm-hmm. And so both of these let, you know, in, in different ways, but also together as kind of a fork and parallel. But both of these ended up leading to fan fiction for the first time in my life, archive of our own. And from there, because I think I was focusing a lot on Green Lantern and Hawkgirl fan fiction. fiction. And then because of Barbara, I was like looking for all of this because there's kind of a shipper moment in Batgirl Year One, so I was looking for this. I was consuming some Dick and Babs fanfic for sure. And then, similar to... And Don has read one of the stories I have read as well, where they're, as Batgirl and Robin, doing the dirty, and Batman walks in on them. I tried to find that. I actually searched for like a good time. I was like, I don't think I'm going to find no, this. He's, he's standing over and watching me. <laughs> it's... I mean, I may have looked for R-rated and mature fan fiction i, I, I like how you like I, I maybe maybe not we don't i know <laughs> yeah i'm i may have or the nc-17 they were some i know i i think they were like awesome. nc-17 before but now they're mature but anyways from their connection to Superboy and cassandra or wonder girl i compiled a list of appearances where they were both in the same issue and there were romances and i went like a little nerd with this piece of paper with these things and when out searching most of these were nightwing issues and i'm totally reading them out of context like the no man's land stuff i had never read no man's land before so i'm just picking up these random issues was that 45 46 47 something like that and it also led me to spend the most money that i have for a comic uh, which was birds of prey number eight which is where this image came from i could have used so many images from this but this is when they're on the top of the trapeze um and maybe the kiss maybe they don't i don't know but number eight was hard to find. But, oof, man. So all of this is huge journey, and it's just gotten worse over the years. Or better, who knows? It's cemented this as my, well, just like the obsession. I mean, I got, you know, this, which actually I, I have two of them, and, and I bought neither of them. But it cemented this as my one true pair, the one that I will, I will die on that hill for. Uh, I will de- devour any media with them, as long as they're a couple, of course. But, oof. Okay, so yeah, it it changed my life. I think it really uh, brought Babs into focus a little bit because she's a bit ornery sometimes as Oracle, but seeing her paired up with Dick, like he's very much, I think, the bright spot in her life. You know, she, Batgirl in general is, I think, the bright spot in the the Batman universe. But when she gets down on herself, it's always he that is the one who who brings her up and I think pushes her against some of the things. I mean, Joker last laugh was interesting on how it ended, but when she's having all these really violent thoughts and, and wishing Joker dead, he's the one that's speaking reason to her. I feel yeah. like they're, they're so compatible. Yes, there might be an age difference depending on the era. It could be large or small, but oh, I, you know, the banter, it's been so fun to read, be reading Nightwing and, and Birds of Prey from the beginning and seeing how their banter has developed and, and just having fun with those little moments and flirtations, whether they're together or not. And, and the trust and pushing each other, their boundaries emotionally, physically. I just feel like 
for me. They are, they're the perfect couple and they have their issues uh, as with, so I also think they're a realistic couple. I think that they have realistic arguments and fights and it annoys me when DC Comics kind of goes back and forth on it. I wish they would just pick something. Now I have heard rumors, don't spoil anything, but I have heard rumors. (laughs) But you know, what was that one issue in Batgirl where, remember they, they spend the honeymoon night that Batman and Catwoman were supposed to have and they don't end up doing (laughs) anything. Do you remember that? They don't end up doing anything, but they have like a really great conversation and just hang out with each other. And so I think that is very much who they are as well. So I just feel like they know each other intimately. And if I, I mean, honestly, I know I'm totally biased, but I just feel like Dick is a person who could potentially put down the cowl, put it aside. And I think that Barbara could be that person and should be that person that he grows old with and and that they end up together. I feel like, uh, you know, I am biased, but you know, if I look around all the people that he's had relationships with, I know Coriander and things like that. This seems like the most realistic end game relationship for him to have like a happy ending. So whoo. I could go on and on, but this is, I mean, my favorite couple period, but most influential on me just with me wanting to learn more about both of those characters, especially Babs, going out and being a nerd and just finding these random numbered comics that I have in my long box that have no subsequent numbers before or after and fan fiction, like all of that, that changed and getting into battles with Tom Panarese about with whom <laughs> Dick belongs Oh, yeah. So Dick and Babs, Dick and Babs. I, I kind of feel like I halfway didn't put them on the list just because you obviously were. And <laughs> <laughs> Did you know? Oh, I know what her number one is. Well, if it wasn't, if, if they weren't on the list at all, this whole thing would have been pointless. Um, <laughs> one of my, my, one of my favorite, I love when we went to BJC, but one of my favorite things that happened was when Nancy Northcott did her presentation on the history of the Dick and Barbara relationship, which is cool. And you and Terminator were just like wrapped in attention. And she was like, and that concludes my presentation at the end. And I very like, like snark, like, like well, what about Starfire? And you guys just like snapped towards me like, no. <laughs> like, like, was... You need to shut up. Yeah, I know. Read the room, <laughs> man. So Read the room. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, 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 got another one. I don't know. This image I found, because I found some images when I was making the previous list. And I don't know. I think this is from Nightwing, if you can see this. Like a recent issue of Nightwing. Oh, okay. I'll read the dialogue where he's like, how can I adequately thank you? I mean, besides getting a Batgirl tattoo on my lower back and rubbing your feet for the next 50 years. I'm in favor of both those options, but maybe add two to the list. And I'm just thinking like, you know, wow. A far cry from Batgirl number 49, whatever. Was it 50? Yeah. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, you're starting on the ground or whatever. (laughs) I know. I I don't trust you. We're not friends. If there's one thing I can't I can't stand is people who who suffered from gun violence. Me, Barbara Gordon. That's really honestly that really is my biggest thing is that like they are mucked with so much by DC because and this is and this is I think I can explain why as if you don't already know because honestly back in the day when he was Robin they weren't really shipped together that much. I mean there was flirtation there was an infamous kiss during like the napoleon issue yeah. um and there was that, that marriage issue so there was, there was ideas of it because they were young crime fighters but by and large she either had her own love interest and he had his own and he had like Lori elgin and stuff but it wasn't really an idea that dc pushed and it wasn't until chuck dixon and the movie sub-zero where not only did the idea of dick and babs getting together start 
to ferment, but fans glommed onto it. But the writers at the time had grown up with another understanding of, I think, of, of Barbara Gordon more than anything else. And so you have people now who are like, Dick and Babs, no, they're not, no, no, they're not getting together. But it's too late. It's far too late because there's been so much fan goodwill that that's seen as an ideal romantic pairing. And I like them together. There's, it's been so acrimonious in the yeah. last 10 years that it's just been bothering me the whole time. Like, like there was that whole thing in the deceased, DC metal thing where it eventually ended well, but he's like, Barbara, this is the last day we're, we're going to live. I must propose to you. And she's like, not now, Nightwing. I got to fight crime. And it's just, it's just like, it's just, would you knock it off? Like, how many times have they written stories where Barbara is mad at Dick? And, then, and I'm not even coming at this from like a uh, male apologist or whatever, but it feels contrived often. Like like the Nightwing annual two thing, which we've not gotten into yet, that was contrived. Oh, I know but all the, about that. That was one I sought out after too. Yeah. Like, like, like there's the issue of Nightwing later on where I'll say it right now, like, 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 Dick and Babs are on a date in a restaurant and or uh, Barbara in her civilian identity is attacked by Tarantula and that precipitates Dick and Babs having a row. Mm. That's much more like character driven and logical. And that actually carries over in the back room because like, like Cassandra walks in on Barbara crying because of that. And she's mad at Dick because of that. Like that's stuff I like where it's character based rather than like, you know, agenda based. But I mean, I've, I've always liked the idea of like, first of all, Batgirl being older than Robin to me is just interesting because you would think of it because the animated series has it kind of opposite, but but also like you know them kind of having different upbringings and Tim or not Tim Dick going off with the Titans and Barbara having her own stuff and going to Congress and then becoming Oracle and then finding them finding each other in adulthood. I like that. I like that quite a bit because that strikes me as realistic and that strikes me as, as compelling because it's not just a straight linear thing. And I think that like um, it's like if they were to get together and just be together permanently like. Clark and Lois or Oliver and uh, Dinah. No one's going to complain about that. So yeah, they they are a favorite couple of mine. I just didn't want to talk about it more than you have. Sure. Yeah. And, and I agree that they've not been written well. It's back and forth. He'll drop in and out of her life. And yeah, I just wish there were consistency. I mean, there, he even popped in as much as I love it. The Burnside run when she was kind of dating Luke Fox. Remember the wedding issue for Alicia and I can't remember her girlfriend's name, um, now wife, I suppose. So they can marry minor char- minor lesbian characters off, but um, main lesbian characters. But yeah, he pops in and there's like that whole issue. So it seems like whenever they come together, they've got to talk about their relationship issues, but nothing ever happens. Right. So it's more like, can you show but not tell? So we'll see what happens with her and his title coming up after all this, this break. But yeah, I, I just focus on the 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 previous era where we are where i am now with this show in in the 2000s and then you know some little hints i mean it was nice in batman family where they were teaming up a great deal it was fun because i felt like without batman being there robin treated her as an equal so that that gender issue i think didn't well didn't even play an issue and they were they were just partners which was great there is that one scene where he confesses that he has a crush on her but she's sleeping on the couch <laughs> but she's actually pretending to she? sleep so there is you know some history there but yeah my otp yeah i, I think once he got in college he kind of like dropped the whole chauvinist thing yeah um <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe 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 so yeah no uh uh yes um if I had it my way, they'd kind of just like stick together and they would have their issues. They'd have their problems, yeah. but like, um, it wouldn't be this sort of like, will they, won't they think? Cause everybody knows that they will. Like, like, like Gail Simone married them off of convergence. Yes. So like, One of the I, actual I, I, good yeah. ones. There's another event that didn't go well. 
But if I were, if it were to me, before that would happen, she and Starfire would ha- would have to ha- have a fight to the death. Oh, <laughs> interesting. It, does Babs have the happened. use of her legs or no? I want it to be interesting, so no. She has to fight a superpowered alien. Okay. She can't rely on her on her famous butterfly kick. Whoever wins, Dick Grayson loses. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay, all, all, well, it's time. Yes. Oh, I guess you want to go through your runners up. Oh yeah. So Dick and Baz were on my honorable mentions. Right above that was uh, Dick and Starfire. <laughs> <laughs> the second betrayal of the night the second knife that goes into me because re- reading Teen Titans I really do like their relationship historically I think, I think it's, I, and I really like it in the animated movies I think it's well rendered there I had uh, Superboy Wonder Girl Green Arrow and Black Canary I really like them they've certainly had their problems oh I don't know Ollie cheating on her like more than once and, uh, and him also dying mm-hmm. so like it's not the, the healthiest of relationships but I do think it's it is sort of like an OTP. Like I I don't, I don't think that Oliver would ever question his feelings for her at all. Whereas Dinah has plenty of reasons to question her feelings for Oliver and uh, Batman Taya. Okay, I'm down for Batman and, and Catwoman, but like I feel that Tom King has ruined that relationship for me. Mm-hmm. We're just shoving it down our throats every issue with like it was a boat, it was the alley, it was a street, it was a boat, and just like the Bat Cat thing. Like it, it completely just like took me out of it. I'm like I don't care about this anymore. Whereas with Taya. Is more a bit more compelling because obviously she is the daughter of someone who's evil and she's not so great herself. But there is a genuine, like I think, energetic, almost spiritual connection that she has with Batman. It's like they kind of found each other in various circumstances, and they can't. They're 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 too weak to, to deny that. And yeah, yeah, there's there's Damien as well. that kind of complicates things. But I, I, I always remember that scene from Batman Inc. where Batman figured out that Taya was behind everything, and he just like gets her on the phone, and he's like. And he's very like he's like and he's in the mask. He's like you know, listen to me, please, please. I'm begging you, don't do this. Like he's talking to her like 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 they're like really mournful lovers. And she's like, sorry, beloved, it's too late. And she's looking all like girl boss and stuff. But like I, I really like him seeing being so vulnerable when talking to her, because you don't often see that level of their relationship that way. So I'm not, and also you know she like knocked him out and then like got married to him when he was unconscious. That was that was funny. So yeah, she they're an honorable mention. <laughs> I um, almost I I considered Black Canary and Green Arrow, but I feel like I like them more because of the Justice League Unlimited cartoon, and I think my love of them is informed more from that than comics. So that's why I didn't put them on my list. But they, they were certainly a contender that I was considering. Oh yeah, no, I've read, I, like I said, I mentioned I've read the uh, O'Neill Adams Green Arrow Green Lantern run where. Green Arrow like fights a guy in an alley and he had an injured shoulder. So he accidentally hits someone in his arrow and kills him. So he like quits and like goes off to a monastery and he comes back into star city when he hears that like Dinah got hit by a car and needs a blood transfusion and like his whole life of peace, he completely threw that away to get back to Dinah. And, like, mm-hmm. and I was like, nice. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Well, it's a good so. thing he quit or else Batman would have fired him for that. I'm sure you're too busy firing somebody else. That's thank you for agreeing with me. Okay. <laughs> oh man, one of my favorite games I subjected you to. Okay, Donovan, are you ready for your number one? I'm not. Yes. I've Do forgotten it. what it was. Do it now. Let's see. Oh. <laughs> well, well, well. Can you read the dialogue? Are we going back and forth reading the dialogue? You yes, I'll be, I'll be Tim. I'll be Tim when you accept this one. Okay. It didn't make sense. And running around rooftops in a mask and cape does. 
Do you have your own room in your glass house, Robin? It's different with Batman and me. (laughs) Sure it is. Wish I could figure out what to do with my hair under this thing. Mm -hmm. There's only two reasons you might be here. You don't know who killed Carl Rank. And the other reason, Stephanie? I used to hate it when you said my name. Oh, I'll meet you here at midnight tomorrow, okay? It's a date. It's not a date, Steph. (laughs) And that's my number one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she looks creepy here. She looks like the Joker. Man. (laughs) Oh, boy. That that is the issue where uh, she's there at the funeral. And, like, the very next page, like, Ariana's, like, yelling at him. Um, It's not a date, Tim. Again, like, you know, interesting, you know, the, the basic superhero romance i think spider-man kind of like corners the market where like if they're not already together like in the fantastic four it's like oh there's this really hot woman who who instantly likes me but oh, i'm a superhero so i can't get with them whereas with here in the page of detective comics like an old silver age villain and the clue master showed up so batman and robin were on the trail and they ran into this costumed crime fighter who belted robin in the face with a brick and it was the spoiler stephanie brown the daughter of the clue master and so they're kind of at odds at first because she wants to basically kill her father and that she doesn't and but when she runs into robin she has a thrill of crime fighting and she thinks that robin's kind of cute and so she's I, i'm not going to say that she's the reason why he breaks up with ariana but she's a big factor into how he kind of kept his sanity as you noted on your own podcast he kind of decides to get together with stephanie before he breaks up with ariana and that is a little that is a little um sleazy i'm not i'm not going to not deny that but um they go on a date in issue i actually have the image here in robin issue 57 they go on this superhero date where they go to like the movies and, and such. They fight crime. And Robin says, I feel bad because I know who you are, but you only know me as Robin. And she says, that's fine with me. And he's like, really? And then they make out. And he's like, yes. You know, I th- Abu, oh boy, I think everything's going to finally go my way. And then the next night he finds out that she's pregnant. Oops. And he helps her throughout that whole time. And yeah, they, they remain together for, um, again, a long time until um, – Oh gosh, they they break up when I think it's a little before Tim um, quits being Robin because his dad finds out, and then she's made Robin, and then after that, there's a whole War Games thing and her supposed death. So their relationship kind of had a turbulence afterwards near the end of his title. But when James Tynion brought back Tim, the the real Tim Drake, basically in Detective Comics, he also resurrected Tim and Stephanie's relationship. And so when Tim is presumed to be dead, she's furious at Batman. She kind of wages war on Batman. Mm-hmm. And when Tim shows back up again, she rejoins the Bat family. And as you can see here, they literally drive off into the sunset. And they don't, they're not seen again until Brian Bendis' uh, Young Justice, in which the first issue, Stephanie was like, you know, yeah, I was Robin. I remember being Robin. You know, I was a better Robin than you. And it, 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 this is one of those things where, like, over many years, I kind of saw it kind of came from, like, you know, they were, like, not rivals, but, like, you know, teenage crime fighters kind of helping each other out. She was very much an amateur. Like, she didn't have a lot of equipment and stuff to her getting in with the Bat family, to her dating Robin, but not Tim Drake, to her getting told who Robin is in all that situation. But like, I mean, it's one of those long-term, long-running relationships that's not Wonder Woman or Steve Trevor. That's not, you know, Batman and Catwoman. That's, it's, one, it's, it's a very human, very believable relationship where it starts off, you know, they are young superheroes, but they're also teenagers. And that kind of like carries the relationship more than them being Robin and spoiler. And yeah, and again, like, it's just... I don't know if this is my favorite romance ever, but I would say this is probably the most influential romance. Like literally, I, I, this probably has the biggest one in my reading history. Yeah, it's I, I, you know, it's hard to have that 
one-sided relationship. So I think I, I more so enjoyed seeing them in the pages of Detective because I was still reading it when, when Tynion was at the helm and, and seeing all of that and, and seeing them back together. I felt like, oh, I feel nostalgic butterflies. <laughs> but it's a better relationship. I, I felt like we, we got in rebirth, I guess, was it technically? I don't know if that was the title, but in this current era compared to, you know, the the previous one where she was only dating Robin, but still, yeah, there is something sweet and cute about the two of them. I like Stephanie Moore as, as Batgirl. I think she grew a great deal of her oh, character yeah. as, uh, as Batgirl. So sometimes as spoiler, spoiler, I, I, she gets a bit on my nerves. I, I think it's gotten better, but just in the beginning, I'm like, Ooh, it's kind of, you're a bit annoying, ma'am, but it, it is a cute relationship. You know, like I said, I, I think I don't necessarily have a dog in the, in the fight or a horse in the race for this, this young gentleman, but clearly, gosh, you, this is your Dick Grayson for you. Cause you ship him with three different women. Perhaps I, I, more I Lady that. Shiva, uh, Tiffany no. Fox. Didn't he have something with Tiffany Fox and Red Robin? Yeah, that was, was that I, her I, name? Yeah, 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 T- yeah. Man, uh, who else are we throwing at him? I don't know. Tarantula Junior. Who knows? What? No, uh, uh, <laughs> no, but it's yeah, it's interesting. Do you feel like each of these women that you've shipped him with bring out something distinct and different from the others? Like Stephanie brings out something that. Ariana and Cassandra don't, and then for the others as well? I think it's true with Stephanie. I think as opposed to Ariana, definitely, and and definitely opposed to Cassandra, he can relax with Stephanie. You know, he was, 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 when he was kind of putting on a front, like in the dialogue that we read, he was being Robin, right? He was being Robin, the boy wonder, the the boy detective. He was, that was Tim Drake, that was Tim Drake, not, not being who he was, but he was like not, he was being very guarded. And Stephanie helped him kind of come out of that. Whereas with everybody else, he couldn't really relax no matter who he was, I think. I mean, I say that's exciting. He's not right with Cassandra. But like, the reason why he's with Stephanie is because he just feels at ease. And I think that that's ideal in a relationship. You, you should feel completely, you, you shouldn't feel as though you have to think about anything other than being yourself and being with somebody who, who enjoys you being yourself. And I think that's, that's, that, that's why they make a really good, a really good couple. I've never questioned uh, them together. And a, lot, and a lot of people, I think, I think the readers really, majorly preferred Stephanie over Ariana and we're hoping that they would get together. I think that like that, uh, I think Dixon kind of played it out pretty well to, to its natural extent. Yeah. Well, she's certainly the girl next door, I would say. Well, I guess I could be Ariana too. I don't know. But she's like a lovable ditch. Dit, dits? Lovable dits. Um, it's interesting. It, you said that, that like, uh, that, uh, because you know, mostly through Batgirl, she, she and Tim weren't together and there were, there was, there was some antagonism because they had gone through so much. Yeah. So that's interesting that like the perspective is like from that angle. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just, I'm just saying like, that, that you, that, that window peered through that, that part of the relationship then. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I just feel like, well, once I guess they got over their antagonism, what would that relationship look like? But I, feel like what i've been reading so far in robin in the 2000s she is rather immature compared to backroll i mean i think she's still immature in backroll but you see her really growing and i think maturing and becoming i don't know a strong independent young woman so it would be interesting to see what that relationship would be like i guess it would be her and red robin at the time Mm -hmm. but yeah Oh yeah, no, definitely. She was definitely like she was. I mean, she was green. It, it, there was never a case of like it was like Barbara Gordon where she could do it, but it was just kind of just denied opportunities. I mean, she was an amateur in every sense of the word. I mean, she had a good spirit, 
but she was also very lucky. And so most of her spoiler career was basically Batman telling her, stop and go home. And part of the reason he said that he he made her Robin was so she could cut cut out the spoiler crap and actually be trained. So yeah, no, she, she could be annoying, but like, it's, it's that kind of like, you know, Oh, she's kneeling him rather than, I don't know, miss bit or whatever. So mad about that. She's somewhat similar to bet, or I guess she was Betty. And her inception, you know, just that she wants, she dotes on Robin. She wants to be about, you know, that's really all she cares about kind of thing. Maybe she wasn't that one dimensional, but just certain aspects of that. I kind of see with Stephanie, the early Stephanie. So I I, I kind of find uh, early Bet Kane to be shallow because it's like, (laughs) she's there for, if it wasn't for Robin, it was like, oh, to hang out with my aunt that I'm traveling by train to see. And it's like, okay, whatever. But yeah. (laughs) Traveling by train to see oh man well i'm somewhat shocked that tim has appeared thrice on your list so ashamed i guess no you shouldn't be i guess i shouldn't be surprised i mean he's your favorite character i guess i could have done a babs list i could have done babs and jason and then babs and jason and then babs and dick and then babs and luke and then babs and the barbara um, romances what'd you say you could you could have ranked the Barbara romances. Great Scott, you know who'd be at the bottom? Babs and Jason. Oh, Babs and Bruce. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, and then Babs and that guy that I always use an Anakin clip because I hate him so much. Oh, uh, was it Kai? <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And then there's the penguin. There was that flirtation with Ethan Cobblepot. That that was never going to happen. And then, oh, you know who was a good one, though? The cop officer. Shoot. What was his name? Was it Tom? Yeah, the the Burnside run. No, not the Burnside. The um, Brian Q. Miller run. The officer, the policeman. Nick. Nick, the policeman. Oh, yeah. It reminded me of uh, Shamar Moore from the Birth Spray Show. (laughs) Shamar Moore. Yeah. Oh, man, these are all coming back to me. The terrible ones and the somewhat decent ones. You should totally rank, do that. I mean, that will be a suggestion. Maybe not for like a super spotlight, but yeah. just rank the romances. Yes. Well, I think, I think we're probably set that next year we're going to do video game couples. Do you think you can pick five? Do you think you'll make it? <laughs> oh, no. You need to. No. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Why does Barrett sing his own theme song? That's what I want to know. Well, that's that's actually the uh, the traditional Final Fantasy. It isn't like for all the Final Fantasy like, like games. Uh, that's the, the the victory theme that he does. Oh okay. Duh, duh. Yeah, but you're like wandering <laughs> around. Duh, duh, and duh, duh, j- duh. I'm breaking open Shinra boxes, and he's like, dun 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 dun. I'm like, okay, Barrett, nothing's happening. Because he rules. <laughs> oh boy. Well, folks, we are at the end of this controversial, cancel-worthy shipper special. I don't think so. I'd be interested. I can't wait to see what people... Yeah, please write in whether you have any opinions on our couples or you feel like we made a mistake. But I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to say on some of these. Or what are your top five influential couples and they're influential on your personal history or your comic reading history? I think the most controversial, there could be people who would like, you know, say, you guys are totally wrong about identity crisis, but you know, cool. That's, that's yeah. valid. Yeah. I, yeah. Who knows? Well, I did not pull the Nightwing tarantula card, so we're all safe from there. And you could have. I could have. <laughs> yeah. 
He's mentioned it a dozen times already. But Donovan, where can people find and support you? <laughs> I hope you didn't hurt yourself rolling your eyes that high. I, they practically hit my brain stem. My primary headquarters is... Stop it. <laughs> um, questions we don't have answers at com, where myself and Harrison shoot or Harold go over social political topics uh, and we discuss them with a uh, background in science fiction and comic books. For example, our most recent episode as of this recording, if you might notice the Capitol, the Capitol riot, uh, some people have been adorned in the Punisher skull logo. So Harry and I discussed possibly if the Punisher character needed to be retired, which some comic book professionals had, had uh, advocated for. So we, I talked about the comic history and we, talk, and we talked about all of the movies and the Netflix version and said, which one of these versions do people like that, like the alt-right folks, look up to the most? Is this worthy of taking, taking them out of circulation? Um, is, he, is, is this separate or is this like a copyright thing? And I think that was actually one of our better episodes in a while because I thought that we were quite focused. And it led for some, just some funny discussions because uh, we're both Punisher fans, admittedly. But again, you can find us at QNoises.com. Again, both Stella and I do work on, on the Batman Universe, or you can listen to the Batman Universe. And my uh, Twitter handle is DonoDMG1. Did you answer any of your questions regarding the Punisher? Harry did. He did. And I was, I was like, dude, you answered the question. He was like, nice. <laughs> so he like was well, really cool about how, it. Well, what episode are you on? Uh, this is the most recent episode. It was uh, published January, um, like January twenty third, I believe. Uh, we're closing. We're closing in on the, our two hundredth episode. Wow! So one question answered. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> given so folks you know broken clock is right two times wow <laughs> one out of 200 you've got to be kidding me <laughs> man wait, 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 how many times were you on this show so we didn't answer the ones that you were on you didn't answer those questions i certainly hope so i was on the toxic masculinity i was on the birds of prey yes well, empathy I, think I was on something else uh, was uh, the empathy, empathy different one. than toxic masculinity? It may have. Well, been. yeah, that was, that was what I was about the, the oh, Gillette. Oh, yeah, thing. the teaching empathy one. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yes. And then I was on the Enter the Spider Verse. Yes. That was, um, that was fun. They, yeah, I think I answered questions, frankly. I bring that show to another level when I come on. Oh, boy. So, howdy. again, <laughs> I, 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 I avoid the episodes that Stella is on. Did you say useless. avoid them? Oh, yes. man. You can hear you can hear how vague she is with her with her recollection. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Oh she man. What's f- I? I think that our podcasts are like nemeses almost. No, they don't. But you know how I like to create unnecessary drama. But I I should for this year since it's a new year I should try to come up with a new fake name for your podcast every episode to promote it. Wow. So so how Babs is like, you know, oh, you know, underwear wonder or former boy wonder or man wonder. You're like, questions. They're so stupid. They can't find their answers. <laughs> I want to get that heavy. But no, I mean, I promote your show a great deal. It's yes, just within do. the promotion. There's some uh, a lack of respect. libel. Yeah. <laughs> libel or the other thing. I can't remember. Sl- it's slander. It's slander. J. Jonah. I was thinking about J. Jonah as I was saying that. Spider-Man wasn't attacking the city. He was trying to save it. That's slander. It is not. I resent that. Slander is spoken. In print, it's libel. You don't trust anybody. That's your problem. I trust my barber. Well, anyways, hey, you know what? It's been a pleasure 
to talk to you, to see your old I face? I like my little face. I like to think so. Um, it's tiny. Well, every time, I, sometimes when I listen back to this, I was like, oh, she had a dig at me. I, I didn't notice it. Well, I find some of this one. It was you fun. Might, Thank you, you might. No, it was, and it surpassed my hopes or it met my expectations and hopes because I wanted these to be different lists than, you know, just out of the norm. And I think we hit that. And yeah, you feel satisfied? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't, I, I was, I really was like, oh, she's going to like make me mad with this? She can't possibly. So like I was, I was worried, but I was, I'm fine. Yeah. It was fun. Okay. Well, remember you can send any questions or comments to backworldtheoracle at gmail.com. Is there an email you would like to share in case people have comments to send to you? Oh, sure. Uh, you can send all comics, uh, death threats, swats, and dick pics at donalark2468 at gmail.com. And by Dick, he means Dick Grayson. You can find the show on Google Play and Stitcher, like the show on Facebook, or follow it on Twitter at Batgirl Oracle, and subscribe to the show on YouTube. Follow the Batman Universe on Facebook and Twitter as well, and be sure to support the Batman Universe by subscribing to Patreon. And the Batman Universe recently got a facelift, so you should check it out. Yeah, once again, thanks to Mile High Comics for sponsoring Backworld Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Uh, the next episode still coming out in February is, of course, Orpheus and Batman and whatever that story is. And I was able to secure the people that I talked about before, so that should be really interesting. First-time podcasters should be good. But until then... Fly on Chipperinos? I, mean, I don't know. There's so many characters here. Uh, fly on, Terra lovers. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, right? This is the terror podcast? Sure, we've transitioned, yes. <laughs> Fly on, Babs lovers. Goodbye. Just plain Barbara Gordon, masquerading for a lark as she rides into the night on her special Batgirl cycle. Who knows? Is the dynamic duo destined to become the triumphant trio? Only time will tell us more about this dazzling dare doll... Love a happy ending, don't you? The internet's rife with footage of Spider-Man chasing the black cat across the rooftops. And apparently, there are hordes of young people cheering them on. They're called shippers. No, that has nothing to do with boats. It's short for relationship. As in, they really want Spider-Man and the black cat to be together romantically. Or they really don't. And they have quite intense arguments about it. Flame wars, I believe, is the term. You know, in my day, we didn't have time for flame wars about shipping. You know why? Because we had jobs! So here's J. Jonah Jameson's public service announcement to our youth. You're into shipping? Join the Navy!